because it's not supposed to with the hair to like keep it a little bit pink. Are you sure it's not because you have a new Mass Effect game? I haven't played it yet. I played it that one time. We'll talk about that on the podcast. We'll talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're recording, so I, I, did oh, start are running. We? I started oh, running Jesus. on it, so yeah. get your back, get your backups going if you want. So I, uh, okay. So Eric's been harping me about this too. He's like, "Why aren't you playing Mass Effect?" And the reason I haven't picked it up again yet is because my heart is broken. Because um, <laughs> it looks really bad. It looks really bad. <laughs> And, like, I'm, I'm really into Dragon Age right now, and you know how, like, it's really hard to switch games yeah. halfway through? And, yeah. like, I played Mass Effect for the first, like, you know, 15 minutes, and I was super pumped, I was super excited about it, I was like, okay, here we go, maybe I can get past the animation, and I was just like, <laughs> So I decided before I delve into that universe, I will be finishing Dragon Age, my first playthrough of Dragon Age as much as I can, because um, I'm I'm invested now. It took me about twenty hours to get invested in Dragon Age, but I'm invested now. Yeah, that uh, uh thing that Eric posted that was like making fun of the mocap for uh, Andromeda was really fucking good. Oh my god, that guy was brilliant. <laughs> the pretender. Oh my god. Yeah. But it's so true. Like, they walk so... what? I, I know it's a new team. I know it's a new group of people. But you have to go into this, like, game knowing that the fan base is so hardcore that we yeah. would be upset about this. <laughs> like, what, how... I, I just don't understand. I think what gets me is just, like, you had to have people test the game. You know, yeah. like nobody faulted Uncharted for waiting an extra six months to come out because it was so good. Yeah. You know, like we were, everybody was pissed at first. They were like, well, what the fuck? why are you doing that? But taking that extra six months was well worth it. Well, Andromeda's already released one patch, right? Oh, have they? Yeah, I think it was something like some new uh, eye shading or something like that. And it, I think the article that I saw was like to make the characters look less like stunned mannequins. Like this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. They're so creepy. Yeah. They're it looks, so it looks, creepy. It looks pretty bad. Oh. So I listened, um, but I did listen to the episode that you guys did last week, at least for the first 25 minutes. Um, Until we got to comics and Christine lost interest. And I was like, oh, bye. But, <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Um, but I really uh, agreed with what um, you and Paul were saying about uh, Iron Fist and how it Christy was. Christy finished watching Iron Fist finally. I did. I did finish watching it. Um, and I was saying that I don't think that we should do a whole episode on Iron Fist for Dance Robot Dance because I think we all feel so similarly about it in that. It was better than the second half of Luke Cage because the second half of Luke Cage was a train wreck um, because the first half was so beautifully done. Uh, the Cottonmouth was such a cool character. Yeah, I, I don't think I would call the second half of Luke Cage a train wreck, but because the first half of the season was so good, it yeah. really is in stark contrast to that. Like on its own, if you watch that, it would probably be of similar quality to like say the DC. Uh, TV shows. Yeah, I was. I, I feel the same way. Like it's total. It totally falls in line with like the more 
it's not as bad as Arrow ever got kind of thing, but like yeah. a mediocreness of like a Supergirl or like Legends of Tomorrow mm. or like when the Flash is kind of shitty like it has been this year. Like that's kind of what it kind of felt like to me. Like it was okay, but like yeah. it wasn't like ever going to whatever. And Iron I felt, Fist, I felt, felt kind of like about. filler episodes. Yeah. yeah, like you still enjoy it. It's still something that like you feel like you can be a part of, but it's not um, it's not as engaging as other Shows And the thing was, for me, well, I think that with uh, Luke Cage in particular, you cannot introduce a layered villain like Cottonmouth and his sister and then have this, like, eccentric baddie villain that doesn't really have, that gives us his motivation within the first 30 seconds of us meeting him. You can't expect to us to stay as engaged when you've given us this, like, really cool villain that's now dead and this eccentric guy who makes no sense because we've come to a be Who's accustomed almost to a like level of mustache, like mustache twirling evil kind of like yeah. thing, right? like <laughs> like Cottonmouth has had like a plan for everything. Everything was um, very um, yeah, it was very planned. It was very um, I don't know everything almost a, almost a kingpin like character. Yeah, conniving to but like OCD in his preparedness. Yeah, like he was. Every he was so good because he was so um, just like honed in on what he was doing, and with um, oh, what was it, even the second? What was the villain's name? Uh, what was Luke Cage's brother's name? Copperhead. Yeah, he just was not interesting Diamondback. to me. Diamondback. Diamondback. Thank. There's another snake in you then. <laughs> yeah. But he just wasn't as intriguing because everything was on the surface. He was just evil to be evil because he hated Luke for being his brother and not getting the um, recognition he deserved. Yeah. Like, we've seen that a million times. A million times. Kingpin was so good in Daredevil because he was so engaging. Yeah. He was tortured. And, and like, understated very much. Yeah. Like, you know, sort of uh, restrained in his performance. It's the other reason that a lot of people like Jesse Eisenberg as um, as <laughs> as Lex Luthor. Lex yeah. Luthor, because everything was just Wah! like <laughs> you know, or it was just it was stupid. But um, with uh, Iron Fist, though, um, I found that I would prefer I would have preferred if that series took place in eight episodes versus thirteen. I think it would have been a lot tighter if it had been less episodes because the story was stretched in my it just in my opinion too thin. They were using a lot of the same plots over and over and over again. And again, I don't know about you guys, this is a huge pet peeve of mine when I'm watching sc- shows like this, but why would you keep going back to the dojo? The hand like the people from the hand are going to look for you at the dojo. Why the fuck would you take Gao to the dojo? Like because, you- because they have a limited number of sets. Stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. Get some plywood together and build a cave. Like I was just, I was really, I was really upset. I was. I don't think there's a lot of caves in New York, though. So I'm not sure well, about actually. Well, yeah, he's a billionaire. He could just blow some shit up. Yeah, but he didn't have it. He didn't have access to any of his money yet, right? Like, I guess he, <laughs> he did by the have... end of the show. Yeah, it's so maybe, maybe we should start the episode. Yeah, maybe. Sorry, I I could talk about this for at least another half an hour. But yes, right. Hi, Dance Robot Dance listeners. Uh, we'll <laughs> include this little bit that you just heard. And by little bit, we mean like the last 15 minutes um, <laughs> in, uh, in our news section. But um, hi, uh, welcome back to this week's episode. And this is now episode, what episode is this, guys? 36? 38. 38. 
right, right, because I was away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, welcome back, um, Christy. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> I hope you got out your, you know, nerd nerd alerts the last few weeks you with your bonus episode and ep- full episode with uh with paul mark's lovely brother um i still have yet to like actually directly talk to paul so i hope that could happen one day mm. um well from uh, from tim for like what looks like tim's schedule is gonna be a little messy maybe you and i are doing a bonus episode with paul next week we'll see what happens <laughs> Yeah, because Tim's going on vacation. I am going on vacation. Yep, so. going to San Diego with my wife, who is uh, going to present at a popular culture conference, and I'm tagging along, so I'm going to be a conference wife for a few days. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> Usually the con wives are hot, so you better get on that <laughs> treadmill, motherfucker. Tim's you looking great. Not? Yeah. Tim's looking, Tim looks pretty good, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just busting his balls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so welcome to the episode. Today we're going to be talking about some uh, some fun stuff about um, comedy and comedians, what we think is funny, and um, the difference in our you know our comedic uh, appreciations, which uh, I hope you'll you'll be interested in. Because if you're not too bad, you've already downloaded the episode and you're along for the ride, um, and you've listened to 15 minutes of us already talking about Cottonmouth. So, yeah. and and you can't possibly press stop on your whatever you're listening to this on it's not an option <laughs> we've disabled that on your phone <laughs> <laughs> you suckers who are driving and are like crap i can't look at my phone because there's a cop like four cars behind me and he's gonna know he's gonna see the light on my face like it just you just you're in no no shape to change this, this episode over i know i don't know how it works in android world but you can just tell siri to stop playing whatever they're yeah playing. you can do that with no, the we, androids too no we've kidding. we've overpowered siri no, we've overpowered siri All right. yeah, yeah. yeah um but yes so welcome um but first we're gonna we're gonna do some nerdy news after i introduce uh who we are regularly we've got the regulars here we've got uh, we got tim say hi tim hi everybody say hi mark hey guys how's it going and I'll be your host today, Christy, which is why this is already shoddy hosting. So, <laughs> um, but we're going to get... Why are introducing the episode yeah, 15 minutes in? 15 minutes in. It's like a Battlestar Galactica episode. Yeah. I don't remember that episode of Battlestar. <laughs> Neither do I. Guys, there's a troll episode of Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. It's just in the special features. <laughs> It's either that. I was going to say, maybe in the 70s show that I didn't watch all of, that could entirely be, that could be Actually, possible there. I really need to watch Battlestar. My sister Amberly gets very upset with me when I don't watch Battlestar Galactica. Uh, she's it's like, good. please do it. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like, like, like uh, we get upset with you over not having watched Buffy? Uh, actually, guess what? I started watching it. Yay. Yay. I got 20 minutes into one episode and then fell asleep. And it wasn't because of Buffy. It was because I was super tired. <laughs> but I am trying to watch it from the beginning of season one. So. Nice. Yeah, season one is like... It's funny. It's it for, be forgiving. That's what my mark said. Yeah, it is. But it, like I have... There's still my, some great moments in it, though. It is a lot of fun. I find it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a lot campier than the show was later on. Like it's yeah. got a little bit more of like a kind of B-movie feel to it. But it mm-hmm. is like... It is like finding its feet and it's wa- it's so watchable though like just watching the actors start to play together is a yeah. lot of fun yeah it's starting to like you start to get familiar with the characters and like develop affection for them before they start like getting into really tough and like dark situations yeah. like i felt yeah. like that was one of the issues with like 
Arrow, for instance, is like nobody gave a shit about what Laurel was going through because nobody ever really had a chance to warm up to her. Yeah, agreed. So, but in this case, like the first season of Buffy's a little lighter, so you do get that chance to sort of, you know, start to really like the characters before they start like making bad decisions, and then you start getting conflicted, but you're you're engaged. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you get to season two and three, like when you're really into it, and that's when shit gets really grim for the team or the group or whatever you want to call them, the Scoobies, I guess. Yeah, so. the Scoobies. Well, I'm really enjoying Xander and Willow so far, even though Willow is still a little, like, wide-eyed for me. I've never really been a huge Allison Hannigan fan, but I oh, feel like watching you're on Buffy... Your own. I feel like watching Buffy will make me like her more. Yeah, I just definitely. In the later, in the later yeah. season, she becomes a really cool character. Yeah. I just don't really have a lot of patience for doe-eyed women, um, just because... Um, I find that a lot of the time it's these actors doing an easy kind of trope of like, oh, you know, like I find that to be easy acting and I don't find anything particularly interesting about it. And that was Lily in How I Met Your Mother, except when she was like pissed. You know what I mean? Like that's that's my Alison Hannigan experience. Impression right now. You'll find as you go along, um, and I don't know how like deep dive you're going to go into the Buffyverse and like if you're going to watch Angel as well. So if you're going to watch Angel as well, like, I think Alison Hannigan's probably, like, one of the three or four best actors on mm-hmm. those shows by the time you get to, like, the characters are established and, like, it's running at, as, like, a really well-oiled machine. Yeah. She's the strongest person on Buffy, probably. Yeah. And, well, like, especially what, when you get into, like, what, like, seasons, like, five, six, where she... Five, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what my Mark was saying, yeah. She's the strongest part of season six, which is by far the worst season, so, like... <laughs> More damning by faint praise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I really do like. I love everything that Joss Whedon touches. So like, I'm, I'm down to you know get into Buffy and like really, um, enjoy it. But um, I just, uh, yeah, Mark, my Mark was warning me that the first season, if you didn't watch it when it came out, is kind of a tough sit because of its, yeah. its campiness, it's finding its footing. It's, it's like an '80s B movie. So. Just to just to accept it and enjoy it for what it is versus what it what it could be now. Yeah, it is much more. It's probably out of all the seasons too. It's the one that is dated the most. Like you can tell, like the fashion and stuff like that is like the worst example of like we are pulling this right out of like I don't even know like like Teen Cosmo or some shit like that from 1995 (laughs) or whatever. Like there were some weird choices they made back then, so it was interesting. But Mm -hmm. anyway, but. Um, I'm excited to actually like sit down and do like a deep like let's talk yeah we'll about do Buffy a Buffy episode, episode when you get done yeah yeah, yeah we do like but, one for every like couple seasons or something like as you go along or something like that actually that would, that would be, be cool. a lot of fun we should totally do that Christy yeah. experiences Buffy for the first time yeah. yeah that would be fun I'm down to twenty do that. years later God damn it <laughs> well it's appropriate now that it's twenty years later like we can talk about it with all of the new stuff that's been coming out and celebrating them and yeah. this like how big it became. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I really, I genuinely don't know anything about Buffy. The only thing I know is that Willow is a bisexual character that was huge and that her girlfriend dies and she's a witch and she turns evil for a while. That's the yeah. only thing that I know about Buffy. Um, and that someone, a blonde guy dies. But that's that's about yeah. all I know. A blonde um, guy dies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But anyway, um, let's get into the news portion because like, I feel like uh, I've got lots of news and... Um, our geek of the week usually takes a little while, so I wanna I wanna get to the meat before we're an hour in. So um, here we go. So first couple of things that I found on the news that I thought you guys might find interesting is I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but astronomers have potentially found a real life Tatooine. You guys heard about this? 
I had not heard that. I didn't no. see that. Where did you yeah. see that? So, um, a couple... Okay, so it, it just happened at the end of February. Um, they stumbled across a planet, and I'm just going to read this off the article, that is orbiting two suns. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah. planet Tatooine. And um, it's one of those... It's, um, it's a class... But yeah, so um, it's... Uh, what kind of a planet is it? Um, it is it's a, a rocky planet? Yeah, it's a rocky planet, but it's got an actual name. Um, but it was discovered like after just after they discovered like the seven Earth-like planets um, the tr- in the Trappist One system uh, that they're going to be sending a, um, a, a what's it called? Not a probe. <laughs> they're going to be sending out um, a satellite to take pictures of that solar system because it's only 40 light years away, which is, you know, considering the next couple hundred years what we're going to be doing with light year technology, like it could be, it could be saving our species. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So Wait, like, is it, really is cool it going to be able to save our species in the next four years? Because yeah. it's going to be too late if not. Because I think things are getting pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about that, too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to talk about how Justin Trudeau said, yeah, I support Trump's decision to send missiles into this war-torn country. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but yeah, so real-life tattooing. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, and um, some of the other stuff. Uh, oh, Marvel will be producing a TV show starring Squirrel Girl. Oh, I didn't uh, see that. Nice. I didn't see that either. Where'd you see that? Uh, it came out a couple days ago, April 5th. It's on nerdnews.com. Huh. That's where I usually get my yeah. nerdy stuff to bring stuff up. Yeah, so they announced a new TV series headed to uh, Freeform called Marvel's New Warriors. And it's the first com- comedic, oh, yeah. Yeah, comedic yeah, did- live action <laughs> series. What? Yeah, I did see the New Warriors series. I didn't realize uh, Squirrel Girl was going to be on that, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, that means they're not going to get Anna Kendrick to play her. That's disappointing. They could have well, her. No, hmm? they could. Yeah. Uh, I guess she she probably wouldn't do TV though. She probably wouldn't do TV. Although she really wants to be Squirrel Girl, so I think she yeah. might slum it. Considering like, well, especially considering like some some of the comic book shows have been getting like really big people on the cast. Like, uh, well, I mean, Legion had some pretty big cast members, and that's um, true. So and Netflix shows. So she's done a couple Netflix like. Um, movies that are just like that are netflix originals so maybe if it's a netflix show mm-hmm. with marvel she might consider it i'm all in um, man if it's like, like if it's gonna be you saying it's supposed to be more of a comedy kind of side of things obviously yeah, yeah then i i could see i could see that and i will watch anna kendrick do almost anything there's some movies that i won't watch her in but i do <laughs> love anna kendrick so yeah well what's it saying what it's saying here is it's gonna f- feature the six characters in total but Squirrel Girl, Squirrel, Squirrel Girl, trying to say that 17 times, <laughs> will be one of the central focuses. So um, Doreen Green uh, is going to play a cheerleader of sorts. Um, she's natural born leader and empowering female lead. Um, but she is mutants with the power of a squirrel. Oop, there goes my mic. Um, yeah. Well, and depending on who's writing her, she is she can be written like super powerful. Like I think we talked about last week what that uh, she's gone like toe to toe with Wolverine, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, she she's uh, her, the 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 history of Squirrel Girl as kind of it's a weird one. She's technically like she's beat Doctor Doom. Like she's one of those characters mm-hmm. that like kind of lucks into some stuff but like yeah. definitely well she helped iron man with dr doom like so, sort of sort of spoilery kind of thing 
the only real like exposure do I have like during a series I was reading was she was um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' daughter's nanny for a little oh. while in New Avengers. Yeah, she was awesome on that. Like she was a lot of fun. So you you could probably do a good uh, Squirrel Girl, Christy. You should try it for that. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. very nice of you to say. <laughs> I think you've got the height. <laughs> Woo! Not the comedic timing, just the height. Yeah, just the height, nothing else. Girls. <laughs> that might be a problem. A lot, um, but yeah. So she'll be kind of a cool thing to follow, I think. Um, so what they've said is Marvel and Free From have an initial for, uh, order of ten thirty-minute episodes slated to air in twenty eighteen, and the series will be co-produced by Marvel and ABC Signatures. Um, Marvel's Joseph Loeb and Jim Chory from the Defenders will serve as executive producers. Is it Jeff Loeb? Yes. Okay, yeah. Loeb. Loeb. But yeah, yeah. and they'll also produce uh, Cloak and Dagger later that year. I'd heard Cloak and Dagger was coming to Netflix, so this might be a so. Netflix show. Wait, Wouldn't was Cloak and Dagger the Mockingbird and, uh, show that... Uh, no. Because they, they were supposed to spin those characters off of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then that went sideways. No, no, no. That was supposed to be like... Um, Mockingbird's a different character. Dagger okay. is somebody else. Okay. They factor into, uh, they were in, oh man, what did I read with them in it? Uh, Runaways. They were part of Runaways in mm-hmm. like the later the later issues of Runaways. I think during Joss Whedon's run on Runaways. There you go. There's another Joss Whedon thing. Yeah, there they did go. do a small run on uh, Runaways after Brian K. Vaughn left the book. Okay. Yeah, last week on the, we, we talked about uh, Joss Whedon's X-Men run and then we were like, did he do anything else? <laughs> I don't know, and we looked. We both looked it up, and we yeah. didn't see it. But like, yeah, he did do like, uh, like he did like a, a season, I guess you would call it. Like he did like twelve or 15, sixteen issues or something like that of Runaways, okay. which was also a show that was supposed to be happening at some point. I don't know if that yeah, ever Runaways yeah, is in the process of being made right now. Yeah, there's still there's still uh, talk about it. Um, yeah, it was pretty. That was a, that was a fun book. So that'll be a fun show for them to do. Yeah. So. But speaking of Joss Whedon, he has been top to direct DC's Batgirl movie. Yes, he has. We talked about that last week, didn't we? we yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll just uh, I'll just wanted to re-mention that. That's gonna be cool. I'm excited for that. Yeah, my as long as they do like a good like classic uh, Barbara Gordon and not like the the sort of New Fifty Two Batgirl, mm-hmm. I'm down for it. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um. Other news: Telltale has released some first looks at their Guardians of the Galaxy game. Mm. So that- I've not seen anything this week. I would I thought I would have seen this. <laughs> yeah, I've been out of it too. Yeah, I've yep. been a little out of the loop this week. Apparently, so they launched an official trailer, um, and uh, it looks a lot like Borderlands, which I'm pretty pumped for. Um, nice. Yeah, maybe I'll keep that up, and we can post it in the uh, the group chat. But I love Telltale, so I'm down to play it because it'll be like that mix of humor versus like. Um, you know, kind of like hard decisions that I'm kind of looking forward to and playing Star Lord. Yeah, I think they, they they handle comedy pretty well at Telltale, and uh, comedy features really heavily in the Guardians cinematic. Well, I guess and probably in the comics as well. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a, probably a pretty good fit. They just announced um, another uh, like a Marvel Universe like uh, MMO or something like that that's coming to PlayStation this week too. Oh yeah, that, that'd, be that a, what? that'd be a pretty big departure for them. Yeah, it was. Um, I need you to tell me more about this, please. Please tell me more right now. Yeah, hold on. I'm I'm trying to find the subreddit that I read it in. 
I'm also listening to the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale trailer while we're talking. So, <laughs> what I like about the trailer for the the um, Guardians of the Galaxy is that they've made them like look sort of like the characters in the movie, but like it's it's a Telltale spin for sure. Yeah, which is which is good, and it's none of the um, movie actors in the game because. Yeah, no. they could get Chris Chris Pratt and <laughs> God, that'd be so expensive. Can like Dave Batista and like Dave who Batista. does uh, who does um Brad Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, that's what Rock I was talking like, yeah. Yeah. Or uh Vin Diesel to come and do a video game. Yeah. Well they yeah. Well Vin Diesel's hardly Groot to begin with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, he says like three things. But um I am uh I'm I'm excited for that. I think it'll be fun. Um <laughs> It'll be at least fun. I think. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Marvel Heroes Omega. I think it's actually a PC game already, but they are they're just porting it over to PlayStation Four and Xbox uh, One. So they're mm. doing that with Gwent Two Two from Yeah Witcher. I think it's and it's supposed to be free to play, so I'm going to assume it's similar in nature to what like the DCU Online game that's already out that I've never touched, even though you would think that I would at least try it. But I do what, not like Legends. No, what's the DC M- DCU MMO like that? Dude? They've had like four or five that have come out and then just fucking crashed and burned. Isn't it DC Online? Like it's still going because I still get ads for it on my PlayStation every once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah, DC, DC, DC UO Online, DC Universe Online. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I've never, I've never. It's like I'm not big on massive. I'm not big on RPGs. Period. But like the massive multiplayer online ones, I'm like, I that's like a bridge too far for me. Like I can't hack that kind of game. So mm. yeah, that's something I will think. And like even the Telltale game, like is I will probably download and play it. But like I had a not great experience with that Batman one. So I'm like, Neh. I'm telling you, do the Fables one. Is that Wolf Among Us? Yeah, it's so well, I good. Did, I did finish Zelda this week, so maybe that will be my cooldown game. Maybe I'll grab New that this Wolf week. Among Us. It, yeah, it is be a lot, easy, lot less fast. of a commitment than yep. Breath of the Wild as well. And yeah, it's well. it's really, really cool. You love the characters. The animation style is awesome. It, just play Wolf Among Us. Thank you. Give it a <laughs> shot. It's the one that turned me on to Telltale. I, I liked Walking Dead, but Wolf Among Us is still my favorite. Um, well, they, okay, they, but, I thought they would have grabbed me with Batman, but I did not. Like I, I was like, this is I'm just watching it i feel like i was just watching a movie that i hit the press buttons every once in a while and i was like "Eh, yeah whatever well i'm gonna continue with the news though and that besides we've talked about that that's what telltale games are it is like based off the old school point and click but anyway not my thing Uh, (laughs) but i'll try it i will try wolf Wolf i do have it i think so so just try it but yeah so (laughs) fifth element is coming back to theaters for a limited time with their uh, anticipated adaptation of valerian coming on on the heels of uh that they're apparently going to launch their first trailer at the Fifth Element uh, movie screenings. Oh, nice. Well, no, there's already been trailers for Valerian, or maybe teasers, maybe not a yeah, full there's trailer. Yeah, there's, there's been teasers. There's been teasers for Valerian. It's going to be yeah. like a full trailer. Yeah. Um, because that's the era we live in, is where there's teasers for trailers, and there's fucking teasers for teasers as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think that'll be uh, I think that'll be really cool. I would see the Fifth Element in theaters again. I think um, yeah. in July. But um, I I remember just like watching the Fifth Element the first few times I saw it because I watched it three or four times trying to get it. I was like, uh, <laughs> what? But um, now that I've you know I can appreciate it for what it was. But it it's it's an odd movie that's for sure. It's got a niche market. 
Oh yeah, it's it's got a huge cult following for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, it's on Netflix right now too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think I saw it while I was ripping through there the other day. Um, I was just really I didn't like uh, Chris Tucker's performance. Oh, we've talked. That. I think we've yeah, talked we about this. We did. Like, that, char- that character was supposed to be Prince, and that's why yeah. they did it. And then they kind of yeah. let Chris Tucker do his thing, but that character was definitely supposed to be Prince. So yeah. Um, but, uh, so there's that, and then, um, the second last piece of news I have, second last, is there's gonna be a new Ghost in the Shell series coming. After the movie flopped? Even with the yeah. movie flopping? Yeah, yeah, um, it, it, so it did flop, eh? I, I, I haven't heard anything except that it was terrible, so. Yeah, there's been a lot of negative reviews, and all of the whitewashing, uh, stuff apparently sounds like it was justified, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then people who are fans of it will be happy um, because they're doing an anime series. And um, it's going to come from Kenji Kamiyama. And uh, so that he directed Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. I'm not sure if you guys know what that is. I don't. But no. um, so he'll be doing it as part of a double director team with uh, Shinji Aramaki. And um, they're apparently really big in the anime world. But um, it's not a, it's it's like a sequel to their previous animes, but it's also the birth of a new Ghost in the Shell world, and uh, they're saying that it's going to be a really ambitious, really interesting project that they're hoping um, will bring fans who really loved the the show or the 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 comics back to and the book back to um, their roots with it. Okay, so Ghost in the Shell, eighteen point six million in its opening weekend. So bomb. that's yeah, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> even with ScarJo. Yeah, even yeah. with ScarJo. Wow. But um, so the budget yeah. was it cost north of 110 million and more in the 180 million dollar range, Oof. and has made 50 million dollars or 40 million dollars, like internationally and Ooh. like 18.6 in its opening weekend, and then dropped off 72 percent in the second week when what was that other movie they were saying? Um, oh, Power Rangers came out. <laughs> is Power Rangers bombed too? I haven't seen anything. Didn't I don't know. I don't think it bombed, but I don't think it did well. Yeah, I know a lot of people who saw it, but like mostly people more like my brother's age who were like really into Power Rangers was not something that I was like into, so I just didn't. I was into like the first few seasons and the movies yeah. when they came 66. out. Sixty-six point four million dollars. No, wait, that's the original movie, not the 2017 movie. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I just the movies that have been coming out lately. I just haven't been that interested in. I went and saw Beauty and the Beast. It was okay. Forty point five million open week, opening weekend. One yeah. hundred million dollars globally for that's, Power Rangers. That's a modest success, I would say. Yeah. Which but I don't think they spent. I think they spent sixty million dollars on it. I don't think it was yeah. a super movie. So. so they've made. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, they, I I haven't been able to go. Okay. With Logan, I just haven't been able to make myself go see it yet because it's emotionally upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone's like, Chrissy, of all people, you should be seeing Logan because you love Hugh Jackman, you love Wolverine. I'm like, guys, that's, that's the reason why. I'm not <laughs> seeing Logan. Like, it's, it it's, will. It'll tear your heartstrings. And that's the thing. Yeah, like, I don't want to go into a movie theater prepared to, like, be devastated. Like... That's why I liked Get Out, because Get Out, I knew I was going to be, like, freaked out, but I also had no attachment to it. Seeing movies that you're, like, I had trouble seeing Harry Potter and the, um, and, uh, 
Deathly Hallows? Deathly Hallows Part 2. Because I was just like, it's going to be end. I it's dead Weasleys. Yeah, dead Weasleys. Oh. Oh. And Lupin and Tonks. Oh. It makes me sad even thinking about it now. Oh. <laughs> so tragic. But um, I can't believe she killed off one of the Weasleys. But apparently she killed Fred because she couldn't kill Arthur. Because everyone would have been more upset about Arthur because he was Harry Potter's other father figure. I just, and anyway, anyway, this is not what we're talking about. Um... <laughs> But, uh, okay, so my last bit of news is that um, that vote from the U.S. where they turned over the regulations on internet privacy. Yeah, that's worrisome. It's Although there, worrisome. There are already some providers that are saying, like, don't worry, we're not going to do it kind of thing. Like, because yeah. they know that it's a bad fucking business idea. Yeah. So, and, and we're getting to the point now in the U.S. at least where there is there are enough independent providers um, and large sort of conscientious provi- providers like Google that will just refuse to do that sort of thing. Yep. So and that's I what, think that, yeah. that's what's blowing my mind is what, like, we're getting to the point now where like the government is deregulating things, but then the industries are being like, now nah, we're good. Like there have been like uh, environmental protections too that have been like roiled back and like huge companies that are usually considered just like, you know, soul sucking and having no morals or whatever, like Walmart that are saying like, no, we're going to stick with what we are right now because people like that we're, you know, greens. Yeah. yeah, that we're that we're getting towards greener practices and that kind of thing. Well, there were there was they're like big, big companies like Walmart was one of them. But like even Apple, Microsoft, Google were all like, no, 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 we're we're sticking with that. And this is horse shit. Like there was a yeah. lot of big CEOs coming out and being like, no, we're, like, good. Like, we're going to keep going this way because, like, we have a lot of money and our kids are still going to be around with a lot of money in 100 years. We want the planet to still be here kind of thing. Maybe that's the impetus, but I don't know. But (laughs) Well, I mean, it ultimately comes down to money, right? Like, it's, you know, unfortunately, these companies are still controlled by... Uh, you know, shareholders, and but the shareholders realize that that it's terrible for their company's image if they, you know, decide that they're gonna start dumping toxic waste or whatever. So they are like, maybe we should stop doing that. Yep. Even though we're legally allowed to now. Well, um, yeah, no, I just think that um, it's interesting how. You know, we are losing a little bit of, like, the the general loss of faith in the government is becoming more apparent with stuff like this. And I think it's going to be a really, in- it's a really interesting time to be alive and watch politics and be an adult, be adult enough that it's, like, affects you a lot. But at the same time, you, we can, like, monitor and watch and be knowledgeable enough to, like, have an opinion. Violently depressed every time I open up our politics, but that's, you know, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is definitely but yeah, that. It's, it's uh, there's definitely definitely some interesting stuff going on in the world. Yeah, for sure. That's that. putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say something mildly. <laughs> um, but yeah. So let's uh, let's let's talk. Wait, about- wait, wait. Oh, can I? Before more? we get into Geek of the Week, I just had one thing I wanted to talk about. I don't know if anybody else will care, but like, uh, the Queens of the Stone Age just started like hyping up their new albums coming out. Like they started, they put a teaser up on Twitter and stuff this week. So, in the next like I think twenty five days, they're supposed to announce album and stuff like that. I'm very nice. excited yeah. for a new Queens of the Stone Age album because it's apparently it's the same like grouping of the band that did like Clockwork, their last one, which it will we will talk about when we get to that part of my list on our my top our top albums 
series, but it is very exciting to have Josh come back and like do stuff because he's nice. now one of my favorites. <clears throat> so, yeah, this year New Queens of the Stone Age plus tour they already announced tour dates and stuff. So I'm like, shit is happening. So yes. yeah, I've been seeing a lot of tours and stuff get announced the last couple weeks for a lot of big well, artists. Summertime, right? Like that's how they make their money, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was just like seeing Queens of the Stone Age announce that they're kind of coming out of hibernation is very exciting to me. So yeah, very yeah. The cool. only one, the only one I had that we posted about on our Facebook page and was was one that I talked about on our uh, canceled too soon episode, which is that uh, I got a fucking fruit fly flying fly around my head. Uh, Invaders M is coming back as a uh, uh, TV movie. They're making like oh, a ninety yeah. minute movie. Uh, from yeah, from uh, Invader Zim, so I'll I'll definitely check that out when it hits. Yeah. Oh no, that's great! I'm glad that uh, you both have stuff to look forward to. Uh, I'm very excited yeah. for that. How long? I'm... How long is it going to be till the next uh, Mass Effect game, Christy? I don't know. Look at look at, look at my screen, Christy. <gasps> Cats. Some somebody just broke into my room. Cats. <laughs> oh, visual yeah. gags. Yeah, visual gags. <laughs> fucking love cats i wish mark wasn't allergic <laughs> did you get like a like, uh, hypoallergenic one or something i'm not getting a scrot cat naked cat i'm not getting one sphinx cats or whatever i know some people love them i'm not one of those people <laughs> i can't concentrate whenever you have a cat on screen she's so cute kitty's, kitty's dancing She's so chill. I love those cats that are like flop cats. She's so um, wet. You're always wet. What is going on? <laughs> Ew. You're, you're, Wait, why is he wet? Your, is it pee? Mark, your pussy's wet? Yeah, my pussy is wet. <laughs> it's always wet. I'm going to have to make this, cast, this podcast more feminist. Um, yeah, why is she wet? I don't know. Like her, like her she's wet. Is it? Like, oh, is it because she's drinking water and then. She might have been drinking water and splashed it, but like. Yeah, I can definitely feel that she is wet under the chin. No. <laughs> Look at how strapped you. Anyway, listeners, you can't see it, but she's very happy, Katie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's move on to our next uh, next. What's it called? Segment. My brain's not on not working. Yes, yeah, segment. <laughs> it's uh, time for Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. I think we should have like a musical montage of like. Um, Star Wars and um, Star Trek and Harry Potter and yeah, Pac-Man. Mark, get on that. That would be fun if we had like Pac-Man sounds. Um, well, that was that was uh, Google's uh, one of Google's uh, April Fool's gags. April Fool's you could, yeah, yeah, you could play uh, Miss Pac-Man on Google Maps. That was cool. That was, that was cool. Fun. Um, they did it with Pac-Man a few years ago, so I'm not sure if they just yeah. ran out of ideas, but um, it was still awesome. But, uh, yeah, so let's do some Geek of the Week while I yawn. Um, Tim <laughs> or Mark, do either of you want to go first? Uh, Mark, go ahead. Um, geekiest thing I did this week was definitely, I went home for the weekend, and uh, every year my cousin and a bunch of our friends get together and we watch WrestleMania together. Um, so we will put a cooler of beer out and drink our faces off and watch pro wrestling for what is now turning into like a seven hour show. Um, it was a really long show this year, but it was, uh, it's, it's always fun to kind of do that. I, I'm not super into the pro wrestling scene anymore, but like 
once a year we'll kind of get together and do like we'll do the Royal Rumble because we can kind of gamble on it and drink and then WrestleMania is always like a big event in that world so we kind of like get together and watch wrestling for the night kind of thing um it was also the you guys might actually have heard this but like the undertaker i don't retired, know if you guys know right yeah the undertaker retired um oh, wow that well this isn't the first time he's retired isn't it no it's this is the first time back. oh really no 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 this is the first time he's like retired retired he's never actually said like he's going away he does go away like like but from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, like yeah. sometimes it's like a year between Undertaker appearances. Mm. But like so the last couple of years especially have been like he only wrestles at WrestleMania. Although he did a little run with Brock Lesnar like I think a, two years ago, like in the middle of the year, just to kind of they they were having a rating struggle, so they were like, We're gonna get you guys to do like three pay per views in a row and just like knock the ever loving piss out of each other and they really did. Um, like there was cage matches and stuff, which is really saying something for the undertaker. Cause he's well into his fifties. Like he's an old dude. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so the undertaker retired at WrestleMania at the end of the match. He like came back in in his full, like ring, like entrance gear, like the hat and the, the duster jacket and like mm-hmm. took his gloves and his jacket and put them down on the mat and put the hat down and like walked oh, out on his own. Oh, and that was the end of that. So, like, The Undertaker has officially retired. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, like... It's always fun to get together with my, my cousin and all those guys. But it's... Um, wrestling is such, like, a... It's got its own little niche, like, geek corner of the world that... Yeah. We probably don't touch on very much. Like, that's where my love of The Rock comes from, was, like, back in the day, watching pro oh, wrestling. Yeah. So. I used to watch him all the time with my brother. Yeah, he was the best back then. He's so funny. But he didn't make an appearance this year. I guess his his, like like his I don't know his baby mom I guess I don't know what else I think they're I don't think they're married but like whoever he's with right now um her father passed away so he got kind of stuck in Boston oh does he always go to Wrestlemania he's been there the last couple years like even if it's just to show up and like cut a promo and like do something really quick just to kind of like bolster interest well he's you know he's like probably the biggest name in the world right now and he is very like still very affiliated with like the wwe or at least like in people's minds he's still very attached to the wwe so that's true if he can use that to like get a couple more buys on the new fast and furious movie which i'm surprised i'm sure he was scheduled to be there this year because fast and furious 8 comes out like next weekend or this weekend or some horse shit i don't know yeah i'll watch it eventually i'm sure but (laughs) Eh, i'm not really that interested yeah i've I've never seen fast and furious Oh, yeah, I I've, haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies either, but I did have like one or two years where I followed wrestling kind of because I had a buddy in high school that was pretty into it and I liked it, but I never got like super into it. But he got me into like he had all the old uh, ECW like VHS tapes and shit like that. I love that shit. That shit was that was yeah, the, the best. It was so much che- fun. Cheese graters and the broken tables and the yeah. thumbtacks and the fucking barbed wire and everything. And, yeah, the real craziness. That, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, my brother and I used to watch WrestleMania together. That was like, we, we used to love it. We'd watch it like at least once or twice a week, um, or like a month. And, um, but, uh, the last time I watched it, um, I won't lie. I, uh, was high on a pot brownie and I watched it for like five hours before I realized what was really happening. (laughs) That was years ago. That was the last time I ever like really smoked up because I was just so freaked out by this. I was like, oh my God. These guys are just making it up. Why do they do this? Like, what's what? What do they get out of this? <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is just violence because it's violent. What is the world coming to? 
You'd almost like you should almost like kind of maybe not watch any of it, but at least like kind of look into it a little bit, Christy, because it is very much like it's the ultimate form of improv. Like those yes. guys have no script yeah. as they're out there doing almost anything. I know like, it's pretty funny. The talking and even like the action and stuff like that is just the two guys kind of working together. It's the weirdest kind of like mishmash of genres of stuff like you could ever get. It's like comic books and improv comedy and like physical myth. Yeah. Yeah. All this weird stuff that goes on. It's a, it's a weird, weird world that you can like people. There are people on the internet that like make like how as nerdy as Tim and I are about comics and stuff like that. Like that are like wrestling fucking nerds. So it's, it's it's a crazy little world. I've always called it like the ultimate, like uh, soap opera for dudes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> and just so like accurate. a soap opera, so I hadn't accurate. watched anything in like months or years. Like I hadn't seen anything go on at all. I was I started watching WrestleMania and they do all the pe- the packages to just like to catch you up and I was like, yeah. okay, now I know where I am. Like I know exactly. It's just like a soap opera. It's like you'd, you'd previously just, uh, on the Young and the Young oh, and yeah. the Spandex. Yeah, exactly. The young and the wrestling. Wrestling. The Young and the Restless. Yeah, the Young and the Restless. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was fun. So, I don't know. I'm glad you, you had fun that. with it. It's, it's <laughs> oh, definitely God. it is fun. It, it's a like it's an it is a full-on event. Yeah, it is. It's like a big like thing. So like just watching the production value they put into it and like 75,000 people in like uh, a yeah. giant open air stadium, like watching these like guys in tights, like come down and all the weird stuff they do for entrances, like, especially WrestleMania because it's the biggest show of the year, like the crazy yeah. stuff you get. Like there's some crazy showmanship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're crazy, but it's, it was a lot of fun. So, and I got and it does just skill shithouse drunk too. So it was, <laughs> that was fun too. That was kind of nice. Nice. I feel like though it's that's the one thing with WrestleMania is it is genuine skill that goes into having to practice and like actually be um like prepared for fights and things like that like you have to you have to practice. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I'm I'm really glad you had a good time with it cuz it's uh it's definitely like an event. But um yeah, how about you Tim? What was your geekiest thing? Um, that's why I let Mark go first. I haven't had a particularly geeky couple weeks. Uh, my parents have been in, or my parents are in town this week and they've been here since, uh, like Tuesday. And so I've mostly just been spending my evenings with them, which has been good, but not particularly geeky unless you count like food geeky because going to some nice restaurants and stuff like that but uh so for me it's probably going to go back to what's been my default for a while which is probably pokemon go uh with like the water festival i was able to evolve a bunch of like pokemon that i hadn't before like i finally got my gyarados gyarados Um, gyarados sorry gyara gyara yeah gyara gyarados I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I also evolved uh, a Politoed, which is one of the uh, special evolution item ones that you can evolve. What it's do what you the, need for that? Uh, the stone crown or whatever. Okay, because I, I have, I think I have, I had one of those and I evolved my, um, I got a, what's it called? A slow king. Yeah, I got one of those too. I, that, yeah. So that was the second one. I, I have a slow king, and then I got another one of those crowns, and I used it for that. But I also, I've got a couple other evolution items right now that I'm just like I don't have enough candies to evolve. Like I've got the dragon scale, uh, and I've got two of the upgrades, but I don't have enough fucking Porygon yeah. candies to use them yet. So, oh my god, you want some so, of mine? Yeah, eventually they'll come up with a way that people can trade shit. That would be awesome. Uh, 
Not yet. So looking um, forward to whatever the uh, Easter event ends up being. I'm hoping it has something to do with like eggs hatching faster. Yeah, that would be so like smart. That. Yeah. Um, how uh, did you? Um, oh, I was going to ask you. Did you hear about the shiny magic carp? I went on a journey I and did. I couldn't find it. No, I haven't seen one yet. Um, even during the water festival, where like magic carps were just fucking everywhere. No. Uh, that, was, that was how I got my uh, gear dose. Gera. Um, Gera dose. It, there's a fucking Y in there. It doesn't matter. It's not like Euro dose. <laughs> well, so he's not Greek. No. Yeah, it's a Greek Pokemon. He spits. He spits Ted Zadziki at you. Uh, good luck. Patui. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I haven't. I've yet to see or hear anybody. Granted, nobody really posts on Facebook about Pokemon Go anymore. But uh, yeah, I've yet to see any of the sparkly um, or, uh, Magikarps that turn into red Gyarados. Gyarados. Gyra! Gyarados. <laughs> ah, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's my that should be my geek of the week. <laughs> it's like, correcting me. Of fake little pocket monsters. Well, it's like when people say Rattata. I'm like, it's Rattata. Like, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people call them Frittata. Oh my god! <laughs> I'd go nuts. It's a frittata. No, it's no. not. So it's, uh, it's it's a egg dish made with rats. <laughs> what was your geek of the week, Christy? Wait, before um, we before we move on for, to move to Christy, how's um how's Alicia doing with Breath of the Wild? Uh well, yeah. Uh, Mark talked with Alicia about Breath of the Wild a little bit on Facebook. She's still oh. playing it very dutifully. Um, Does but, she not uh, like it? Not not loving it so far. Yeah, she was. We got into like she she went off on a rant on Facebook about as it, so does. I was kind of like, as she does, yeah, absolutely. At least she's notorious. Every once in a while, like her Facebook will just get like spammed with like her going off about something, but it's usually more like politically motivated. This time it was just like fuck this Zelda or, game, or and or I was Tolkien like, Tolkien related. Really? Okay, there is that too. <laughs> I she thought she'd like, like it. I I would have thought that too. It is it is like it's a, if you're a big Zelda purist, which I'm assuming Tim's purist. Um, tendencies may have rubbed off slightly on his wife. I feel um, like she's the one who's more pure than Tim. I mean, look at the way she berated him about her case. about his Tolkien like yeah. river name. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but like, she definitely like was going off about how like some of the tropes that you would be used to in a Zelda game are not present at all in Breath of the Wild, and she yeah, was not she, happy with that. She's so. really upset that you can't uh, get hearts from uh, fallen from enemies. enemies. Yeah, yeah, or that you can't uh, break open pots to get rupees. Yeah, yeah, I can see, I can see that being upsetting because, like, you kind of rely on that after a while. Yeah, and and she's also pretty upset about the uh, the whole like, um, you know, your shit breaks and you yeah. have to, uh, and also just the fact that like you can, there's so many enemies that can just fucking one shot kill you and stuff like that. That's true. Uh, that is a bitch. in like the first half of the game kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big adjustment to make. I enjoyed the shit out of my time with the game. I played it for like a month straight. I'm done. I'm fucking done now. Like all nine hundred of the uh, the poops. Korok seeds. No, I got uh, I got exactly. <laughs> Mark, yes, they are poops. I got exactly as many as I needed to completely expand my inventory, and that was it. And then I started finding random ones as I was wandering around other places, doing other some other stuff. Um, like just clearing out. Cause I, so I cleared out all the side quests. I cleared out all the shrine quests. I cleared out the Korok seeds to the point, Korok poops, I guess, to the point where like I could completely expand my inventory. Um, and I maxed out two different sets of armor just 
because I kind of had all this stuff anyway. And then I was like, okay, I've spent, I don't even want to know how much fucking time I've spent in this game because it's got to be well over 100 hours. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm, I went and beat Ganon again. This time, like, the first time it was like a long fight. This time I was like, this took me half an hour. I'm done. That was because I was just like that much, like, I more powered up kind of thing. Like, in yeah. terms of like having lots of equipment, lots of food, lots, like, my armor was excellent by that point. Like, I, I ripped through him like a hot knife through butter this time. So. So you yeah. felt like it was an account, like a, a worthwhile experience to go through and spend. Yeah, I enjoyed time. it. I'm not as um, I don't get as nuts about like the puristy side of the Zelda stuff. I guess is like Alicia is. So I was kind of like. Well, I, I mean, I can empathize with her. I can too. Like I understand why it would be frustrating. It is, but it's like, very different from what I've you know watched her playing it. So yeah, far. it is. It is a very different experience from what she would get before. But like it it does and it but it's got tropes. Like I play a lot of other games too. So like the open world side of it, where it's like most people kind of compare it more to like Witcher or um, like Dragon Age or something like that, or mm. uh, Dark Souls or something like that. I was like, some of this still feels like a Watch Dogs or GTA kind of like guided kind of trope through the open world, like trip through the open world kind of thing. So I was like, yeah. I can kind of, like, I I was aware of the, like, the way things work. The weapon breaking, like, the durability stuff, that irked me a little bit, but I was still like, yeah, whatever. They, they, by the time you're at endgame, like, there's really powerful enemies kind of all over the map that you can just go and, like, kick the shit out of by then and get your stores kind of replenished if you want to have decent gear on you and stuff yeah. at all times so yeah See, that's that's the thing i think you have to make you have to be accommodating with that and i think with the old zelda games like the fact that you were already accommodating with the dungeons and like how much work you had to do for payoffs like you kind of felt like those were rewards you know like mm -hmm. getting your hearts from um enemies like so you you wouldn't feel like you were going to die every five minutes that was a reward for the the hours that you put into figuring out the um the dungeons the dungeons yeah. you know yeah. and, like, and ostensibly like i guess if you want to look at it like they a lot of the time while they don't necessarily drop food stuff that you can but there is a lot of available like yes. you can hunt a lot there's animals everywhere at all times that you can grab meat off of and like cooking yeah, takes okay. time but like you can get in there and do it it's fine like i i really like i'm not saying it's a 10 out of 10 like it's not a perfect game by interest of the imagination but it's definitely one of the best games i've played in the last couple of years like i really yeah. enjoyed my time with it so but, yeah. yeah and my point is just that like when you take away a gamer's reward system and force them like almost it's not punishing but it's like you know you're asking them to um delve into this blind when they're so used to it like anybody would be kind of annoyed by that i think especially yeah. if, if you're expecting an ex yeah. a specific experience and you get yeah. like if you're expecting twilight princess or ocarina of time and then you dive into breath of the wild it's definitely a very jarring experience yeah. yeah like i had known enough about the game going into it like having read the reviews and stuff when i grabbed it that i was like i knew a kind of what i was getting into and then i got to learn along with the rest of the internet because like everybody was kind of playing it at the same time online and stuff like that like we were all yeah. kind of i was on message boards and stuff and on reddit like kind of seeing other people discover stuff at the same time as I was discovering it or like somebody posting about some awesome farming technique for arrows or whatever and I was like oh cool I'm gonna go try that and then like run out and try it or like that kind of stuff so it was yeah it was a fun like it felt like old school video gaming where like everybody would be playing like an old Zelda game and then you would run into the play like the playground kind of thing and be like did you see this shit on this side of the map kind of thing yeah, yeah. it's just doing it online because it was just that kind of like nobody was talking about it 
that yeah. way, video games that way, whereas this was that one game that everybody was like back on the internet, like, holy fuck, we're all playing this game, like, let's figure this all out together kind of thing. It was yeah. kind of cool. See, that's why yeah. I like Dragon Age, is that that's still going on with Dragon yeah. Age. Yeah. I'm sure this will be going on with Breath of the Wild for years, like, this kind of stuff will be happening for, your, like, forever with it. It's just, like, yeah. I was in on the ground floor, like, I started yeah. playing it the same day that it, well, went the same day, but, like, within a couple of days of everybody else starting. So I got to kind of, like, as the world opened up to everybody else, I was kind of part of the conversation. So it was kind of fun that way. Yeah, it's a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with Alicia, like she particularly avoided that community. Like she wanted to go in fresh. Like she didn't re- read much in the way of the reviews and stuff like that. Um, she was she hadn't even like watched any of the trailers or like uh, or footage game footage or anything like that, that. Was me specifically. Yeah, yeah, specifically because she wanted to go in, uh, you know, as fresh as she could because you know this is like her game franchise, and uh, yeah, I think that might have meant that. Um, what she found when she got into it was even more jarring than it would have been otherwise. Well, that's that's kind of what I was with Andromeda. Like, you guys saw how many people were posting on my Facebook wall being like, Chris, have you seen this new thing about Mass Effect? And I was like, I don't want to see it! <laughs> like, losing my mind because you want it to be a pure experience. You want to, like, really enjoy the moment for what it is when you first start that game. And then when it's not everything that you've kind of built it up in your mind, even though you've been trying not to build it up in your mind and you're just like, fuck. (laughs) Christy, have you seen this character's totally natural facial expressions? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why? Um, uh, Yeah. So good geek of the week. Um, Oh, great. I have to say mine. Um, Okay, so you guys will like this. Um, I I guess, like, the geekiest thing I did, the last few weeks have been relatively, like, theater geeky. Because I've been um, doing a lot of, like, my improv and stuff like that. But um, I... uh, I ended up telling the underwear fair story, underwear fairy story. Yay! Again. uh, But, like, in a public forum with people watching and, like, coming up to me right after. People I'd never met, people I didn't know and trust. Um, And um, it was really interesting because I couldn't stay the whole night because I had to go right to sister act rehearsal, which sucked because I would have really liked to stick around a bit longer. But I was able to stay for a little bit. And um, the theories that people came up to me to talk about were so funny. I, it was such a mixed bag. First of all, there were people who came up to me to say things like, I'm so sorry. And, <laughs> um, I'm so sorry this happened to you. That sounds terrible. And I was like, it's just a part of my life. But um, Did you pimp and, the podcast at least? Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, have <laughs> the time right away to a lot of people, but I did mention it to some that I thought would actually enjoy it because yeah. the storytelling event was actually, it was geared towards a, an older audience. So... Um, I didn't think it was our uh, de- necessarily our designated listeners. <laughs> My mom listens to the podcast, so yeah. there Your you go. Your mom listens because you are on it, and she loves hearing you, and she's now she's into it because she knows you and has that connection. She loves. I think she loves you. More than oh, I love her. I think she's great. I loved her comment about on my hair picture when she was like, "The boys might make fun of it, but I love it." I like your hair. I'm not saying anything about your hair. I think it looks good. Thank you. Yeah, my wife has unicorn colored hair, so I can't I can't say anything about. And I've had (laughs) crazy colored hair in the past, so Uh, that's one thing I've never done. I've never 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 colored my hair in a week. Yeah, there was there was a good two years where I was known as Timmy Blue Hair. Um, that makes sense. I I can see that too. Fun. I mean, it it fades so quickly, which is kind of a bummer. But 
Um, once I, uh, I, I think, um, I will keep it going with something fun for a while because I won't have any hardcore theater commitments, hopefully until November. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm auditioning for something, but I don't know if I'm going to get in. There's so many people auditioning for it. But anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, it was just really cool though because someone came up to me and their theory was like, uh, she, she had two, she was like, okay, so one ghost mom. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> See? <mother>. See? <laughs> <laughs> I said that too. I yeah. know you did. That made me laugh when she was like, I think it might have been a ghost mom. And I was like, uh, no, but the thank you. <laughs> but then now she one, saying, did you tell her about the podcast? And two, was she cute? <laughs> I did. I said that, you know, it's funny. I shared this story once before with some guys I do a podcast with, and that was someone else's ex- uh, thought. But she had an even, like, something that was a little bit different and I thought was kind of interesting. Um, she said, okay, well, when I say ghost mom, I have a theory about, uh, let me explain what I mean by ghost mom. She's like, I don't think it was your mom being an actual ghost. What I think is that um, your mom talked to somebody before she died and asked them to take care of making sure that you were okay, you and your sister were okay with stuff around periods. And, and that like, you weren't wearing slutty underpants. Well, that's the thing, like, that's why when I said to them, like, well, then why would they take the underwear? They said, well, what if it's someone who's been watching you grow up, and now they're afraid because, like, they think you're growing up too fast, and they've taken this to a weird level. <laughs> and you're 27? Yeah, I was going to say, and you're, like, bordering on 30. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't, I did not actually mention the most recent happening, because it's mm-hmm. a little too freaky for me, and I wasn't sure I wanted to. But, like, with you guys, it's different, because the podcast, like, I... I don't know if they would listen to it. If they are a stalker, they might. But um, I don't know if I want to put out to the community that I'm in that it happened recently because I don't really want to give power to the Underwear Fairy if they have found me again. Jesus. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. that totally makes sense. It's just the way, like, now that we've named power. him, named power him the underwear, the underwear Fairy, fairy. <laughs> when you say that, it sounds really weird. <laughs> like, but it's it's a reality. Sounds like a wrestler, actually. A shitty it, wrestler. It is, <laughs> it is true, though. Like, I don't want to, um, I don't want them to know necessarily, like, that they've affected me. Yeah. Like yeah, that. that makes sense. Yeah. So, that's kind of where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, like, I, I told them that it happened once when I was in university, and I came home that one time to my student house and found, um, those pairs of underwear in, uh... Did I- did anybody else think that it was uh, that it was like uh, alternate personality that you were? No, no one else thought it was an alternate personality. Um, That's probably because they don't they don't know you the way we know you. Though, so. <laughs> well, they don't know Brianna. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thought that I thought was kind of interesting was someone saying that they they thought it was my um, my stepmom. And that she'd been doing it, but then she made it so that it was happening to her in our house so that she would have an excuse to stop. But to me, that didn't make sense because she was really freaked out and put a lock on her door. And I don't think she would have gone to that extreme when she could have just stopped doing it because it was so anonymous. Yeah. Um, But I brought it up. This was kind of cool. Sorry, I'm just shifting. Um... And I brought this up to my dad last night um, because he and I don't talk about the underwear fairy because it really freaked him out. Um, and um, even he was like, oh, you can't see me. Even he was uh, 
kind of freaked out when I brought it up last night because um, we went to go see Singing in the Rain, which, by the way, was great. Nice. Um, but um, I was saying to him, he thought it was my sister. And I was like, Dad, how could you think it was Amberly? Because it was happening to her, too. And um, she was furious because he didn't believe us for, like, five years that it was happening. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, where would she have gotten the money to get that stuff? And why would she still be so angry about it if it was her? And he was like, well, then I don't know who it is. And that's even worse. When I thought it was your sister, I could at least pretend. And I was like, it's not Amberly. So, like, he has literally no idea who it is either. So, so he says. No, a lot of people were like, what if it was your dad? But it, I can tell with my dad, too, that it really makes him uncomfortable. So it's not him. Maybe he's got an alternate personality. Let's nah, do it. that would be weird. It's his, like, pastor personality coming back. <laughs> but, yeah, so just some, some, yeah, some weird stuff. But it was really cool to hear, like, strangers' ideas when I told the story. I only had six minutes to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, it was, it was, it was a cool experience to be able to do that. And I felt like it, it, it's not really a geeky thing, but it is, it feels connected to the podcast now. Yeah. So that was my geek of the week. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so now that we are an hour and a half <laughs> into the podcast. Not, not quite. Not quite. But with our 15 minutes prior. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to get to the meat of the episode. Now, I'm not sure how long the meat will last us anyway, so that's fine. Funny tasting meat. Funny tasting meat. Meat. What the one uh, cannibal say to the other cannibal when they were eating a clown? What? Does this taste funny to you? Uh, <laughs> that's so That's bad. a bad example of our meat of the episode, folks. It's so bad. Actually, that is part of my questions, though, so I'm glad you brought that up. But, um, so, yes, we are talking today about what we think is funny, what comedians we like, why we like what we like, and um, at the end of the episode, I'm going to ask these guys to tell us their favorite joke. Um, just, like, a verbal joke. Uh... <laughs> Some jokes can be physical and don't have to be verbal, like when someone falls down on an, off their skateboard onto a rail. Some people think that's funny. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, why don't we start with, um, I'm just going to ask you guys, what do you think, what constitutes funny to you? Like, what is your favorite kind of, like, what do you think is funny? In a um, comedic sort of, like, if you're thinking directly within either, um, we're going to be talking about stand-up in a little bit, but, like, what what do you laugh out loud at? Overall, the kind of, the thing that makes me, like, the, the kind of humor I enjoy the most is, like, dark humor that sort of, which is uh, pretty fucking clear from our podcast. It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. humor, humor that takes it a little bit past where you'd normally, cons- you know, consider stopping. Um, that pushes limits that maybe takes it to sort of a dark place and sits there and makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable about it. Um, also like really just like self-aware humor or self-deprecating humor, that sort of thing. I generally really enjoy, like I, I, I can never laugh at somebody that's not willing to laugh at themselves, you know, that takes themselves too seriously. I like your Peter Pan glass. Thank you. 
Old school. Look at that. It is visual bits. Yeah, more visual bits on an audio podcast. Um, but yeah, that. Uh, so, so I mean, like stuff like uh, if we're going to talk like TV shows, like stuff like the UK Office, like where it feels really uncomfortable to watch, but oh. like <laughs> I love that fucking humor. Or it's so hard. Yeah. So that that for me is the is the sort of peak peak humor or any anything where they're sort of willing to shine a light on an issue that maybe a lot of people would avoid and sort of you know make light of it or point out the hypocrisy in it or that sort of thing is that that's the kind of humor that i go for mm-hmm. that works that really? and like dudes dudes hurting themselves like i i, I love <laughs> some jackass and shit like that too yeah <laughs> See, I don't really, I don't really go for the dudes hurting themselves, but like, my, I think I talked about it on the podcast. Like, my favorite subreddit that will make me laugh out loud is children falling. I don't know why I laugh <laughs> oh at that so God. hard, but it's just the funniest fucking thing watching kids just fall. I don't know why. Um, but like, otherwise, my my answer is very similar to Tim. Maybe like not with, so much with the awkward side of stuff, but my sense of humor tends to be like very dark. Um, like that's the kind of joke that I will laugh at. So I don't. I think my answer is kind of the same as Tim. I'm really into like stand up that's like more political, like leaning kind of thing or like yeah. that kind of stuff. So, like, when we get into the stand up stuff, like the guys I talk about are going to be guys who have like hardcore political opinions and stuff like that. Like, so that kind of stuff I tend to find very funny. Um, kind of more more stuff that's i don't know sometimes i like kind of a lowbrow like schlocky like like an archer or a south park like that kind of humor where it's just like I'm, we're just going for like we're going for the fucking throat on whatever south they say. park is very smart it is but sometimes like they'll be doing it in a way that is just like almost crass lowbrow low yeah that's yeah true. that's true you know what i mean like they'll approach topics but they're just like kicking them right in the balls they're not like trying to make a clever there's no, joke there's no fucking tack to it whatsoever yeah no nothing at all it's just like we're like we're gonna take this serious subject and we're just gonna break it down to its like most base level and then we're gonna kick it in the nuts and then keep yeah. moving kind of thing like that's okay. i like that kind of stuff so um i think my favorite kind of humor is um i love sketch comedy so much um so so much um but uh, I think I think my favorite is like the um, I love I love light humor I do I I don't know if you guys I I know you would never guess that but um, <laughs> things like okay my perfect humor is summarized with my love of Parks and Recreation versus The Office like Parks and Rec to me is so funny and I adore it and it's that like quirky kind of goofball humor that's based in like the ridiculousness of reality um but i also i have a like huge affinity for things like anything the lonely island does like that that freaking um valentine's day special with michael bolton <laughs> oh dead. yeah oh my that god was that yeah. that was like my humor in a nutshell oh my god like there were moments i was like what but one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, and I cannot help myself for loving it, is when people immediately pull a gun. Like, just, and it's the most, like, just, like, not even the gun part, but the the jump of drama. Like, <laughs> like, like when Michael Scott uh, jumps to that as his, as his go-to in uh, improv scenes, in his yes, improv classes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, like, um, and, like, it's just... Everything is just heightened like so fast. I I die. I think that's so funny, um, and um, I love like 
in the Michael Bolton special when Santa's like, Michael, we have a problem and I need your help. And he immediately pulls out a gun and he's just like, do you need me to shoot the elves? And I was like, ah! <laughs> like I just, I died. I thought it was so funny. Um, but that's I, I do that, go yeah. for some of that like absurd humor as well. Yeah. Like that, uh, that like Tim and Eric, especially fucking really do it for me a lot of people mm-hmm. think that that's like really just weird and out there but like yeah, I, I, have, I have a hard time with that stuff so that mix that for me is a beautiful mix of like that sort of absurd humor with the the darker humor uh just, so yeah I, yeah i just thought of my my favorite thing on the internet and it's so funny it's so funny oh my god <laughs> Now you have to tell us what it is, Christy. It's not that funny to anyone else. It's so funny. Um, Well, first of all, one of my my favorite... This isn't the thing I'm laughing about. One of my favorite things that really describes, I think, a part of my humor, too, is... Do you remember that old, like, um, that old commercial um, with the... uh, I think it was the Explorer, like the Hunter Explorer or something, at the the beach, and this crab comes up, and he's like... um, Hey guy, like, uh, do you just hanging out at the beach? How's it going? The crab just like, I want to pinch. And he's like, Hey, don't get <laughs> get away from me, okay? I don't want to get pinched. He's like, Maybe little pinch. <laughs> it's just, it's I don't I don't know why it's so funny. But the funniest thing on the internet for me is uh, <laughs> it's this ostrich that goes up to a zebra's butt, and they have the um the captions like. It's just three pictures, and it's an ostrich, like, with its mouth open, looking at the zebra's butt, being like, gasp! And then its face is just, like, on the zebra's butt, and it goes, tis booty. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> like, it's so funny. I'll have to post it in the group. I don't, just, okay, I'm going to show you an experiment. It's, you'll, okay, wait, 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 Mark! Can you come here for a sec? Let's watch. honey i have a question oh i just i just found it um if what's the funniest thing on the internet what is the funniest thing i find on the internet (laughs) thank you do you hear his response no he he whispered tis booty (laughs) (laughs) i wish i knew why it was so funny but even when i think about it it's so funny so I had one, I have one, this is a good time for me to tell a similar story. Like me and my buddies, when we uh, used to like drink underage in high school, oh, gasp, terrible, Either. whatever. Yeah. Um, we, we had this test, how we could tell if the other ones were drunk. Basically, if we would tell this joke and if you laughed at it, you were drunk. Mm-hmm. And the joke was the stupidest fucking thing you've ever heard in your life. But it, like it was, it was... I don't know how we found, uh, you know, happened upon this, but if it really worked, if you didn't laugh at it, then you clearly weren't drunk enough. If you did laugh at it, you were clearly hammered. And it was who invented the wheel? Who? And the answer is caveman, you idiot. (laughs) And if you laughed at that, you were drunk. If you didn't, you were just like, fuck off. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. That's perfect. Anyways, moving oh, on. Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I I just I don't know why I love it so much. It's just like sometimes you just Mark's so bored he's looking at an LA tour of the CN no, Tower. No, sorry, my sister just came back. She just climbed the CN Tower. Oh cool. Oh, like she just the did the stairs stair thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah, the stair challenge. So she just got back from doing it. She looks really tired. She's I think she's gonna go pass out. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Are you sure she isn't going to go download the entire internet while we're recording first? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Ah, uh, the entire internet. <laughs> I think he's yelling at her not to torn anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't torn anything. You fucked us up last time. Yeah, sorry. I was yelling at her. Fill it out. Don't fucking turn Netflix on. Um. <laughs> but yes, so um, I, it's... It's funny, though, because, like, comedy is so personal, and that's why it's so hard, I think, to do it well, because, like, you can go... That's why I prefer improv comedy to stand-up um, when I'm performing anyway, because with improv, like, everybody's aware of the rules, and the rules with improv and comedy with improv is that everything's being made up. What you're seeing is all, like, so spontaneous so even the actors are surprised. So the audience is really a willing participant in that, like, in those rules. Well, plus you can adapt to the audience a lot more yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Like but you're not stuck to a script or yeah. the jokes that you'd already decided on kind of thing. But with stand-up, people go in and they are ex- and, and sketch. They're expecting to laugh. Like, they're expecting that they're, like, the thing is going to be written well, that it's going to appease them. And that they will be the target audience. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think stand-up, like, you have all these people who aspire to be stand-up comedians, but a lot of them don't make it because they don't know how to adapt to um, a multitude of audiences and their their own style, um, which they think is funny, doesn't necessarily mean that it's universally funny. Or they just have trouble finding their audience kind of thing. Yeah. Like like getting in front of the audience that, that would respond to their type of humor kind of thing. Very few um, comedians can reach an entire, like, audience. You know, like, yeah. Louis C.K., he's brilliant at it because he's yeah. just so unabashedly himself. And, um, oh, I sing. No, what are you doing? Oh, oh okay. That's strange. What are you Mark, this is no, really this is some, Yeah, there's some weird sex stuff happening right now where Mark oh just God, Mark just iced cream all over. Yeah, Christy's he just mouth. he just iced right into Christie's mouth. <laughs> now she's got it all over her lips. Oh my God, it's so good though. What kind of frosting is it? Cream cheese. Oh, nice. I think Alicia's making cream cheese frosting today. We're having uh, our cocktails and cupcakes for the month uh, mm-hmm. today, and uh, I think Alicia's going to make stout cupcakes with like a Ooh. cream cheese frosting. That's Chocolate awesome. stout cupcakes. I can't yeah. wait till you guys move back to Canada and I get to go to those. <laughs> I expect um, you to be like our stalwart, Mark. I expect you oh, to be the one that's there like every time. I absolutely probably will be. Uh, <laughs> unless, unless there's a concert that night, then I will probably be there because I have no other social things going on ever so yeah Um, we've had some stalwarts in the past but right now they uh they both moved off to the netherlands uh, oh yeah when when you work when when uh cupcakes and cocktails moves to canada i will definitely be a very regular attendee i would imagine actually that would be good because then we'd have an excuse we could like we could ditch out on everybody else into the podcast or something like that or a podcast before or something yeah for sure yeah nice um but yeah, no, we're we're going to um, a dinner with some friends tonight, and Mark said he'd make the dessert because they're making the dinner. Nice. Yeah. Um, does he yeah, often do so that? Just come in and like just squirt white stuff all over your face? I bet you he does. In, in, directly in your think. mouth. <laughs> Not as often as you think. Anyways, humor. Yeah, that so, was a joke. Comedy. 
Um, but yeah, so like, well, speaking of stand up and stuff, what would be some of your like, who are you, who's your favorite? Um, give me the t- list of your like your top three or five because sometimes it's really hard. Favorite um, comedians. Try to include a woman because I know that um, that's sometimes we we tend to um, male comedians dominate that scene. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned one of mine. He's Louis C.K. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he's on my list. I don't think he would be like he's top five, but he's not top three. So mm-hmm. and yeah. he's not a woman, so that doesn't really count. <laughs> no, you can like the reason I'm saying include a woman is not because she has to be one of your top favorites. I just want to know like of the women, women comedians. I think mine's mine's really obvious, and I think Sarah's we're all probably one? agree. Uh, nope, definitely she is somebody that I find hilarious. Yeah, um, she's not. A, but I'm not thinking of a stand up necessarily. Tina Fey. Oh yes, Tina Fey yeah. and Amy. Tina Fey is fucking hilarious. Like everything she does, fucking kills me. Yeah, she she and Amy Poehler, I feel like are standalones. In like they're 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 not stand up. Yeah, but they're brilliant comedians. Yeah, the absolutely. same thing with like Kristen uh, Kristen Wiig and um, Maya Rudolph and. Um, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, like, yeah, is also absolutely like just like even just in appearances and stuff like that. Like I know she isn't a stand up necessarily, but she is fucking hysterical. Just like yeah, uh, like living. I guess like she's so funny whenever she appears anywhere. I'm like yeah. awesome. Like, the only way I could get through that Ghostbusters movie the second time when I watched the extended edition or whatever was I'm like she's so goddamn funny that I am just kind of enjoying her performance yeah. over the rest of this movie that is not great. Yeah. So I mean, as a side I, note, oh sorry, go on Tim. I was going to say, I agree. Like, I find all of those, like, funny and, uh, and and clever, and all of them are sort of willing to make fun of themselves, which are all things I appreciate in a comic. But I find all of their comedy pretty safe overall. Mm-hmm. Like, none of it is particularly risky. Whereas, like, if I had to pick, like, female comics, I would go, like, Sarah Silverman or Amy Schumer, where they're really wishing, uh, willing to, like, push that envelope a little further. They're still willing to, like, make fun of themselves as well. But they're also willing to take it to that, like, darker place and sit in things that m- make people feel uncomfortable, but also yeah. draw attention to the humor in those things as well. Which is why I like Sarah Silverman so much. Like, I follow her career. Because she came up around the same time as most of the guys that, like, yep. I really like came up, too. So she's mm-hmm. been around for a long enough. She's brilliant. Um, yeah, she's so fucking funny, too. So, um, yeah. I'd say that my, my favorite female um, comedians, like, that, that do stand-up would probably be a, a tie between, like, uh, when Ellen DeGeneres did stand-up, she was brilliant. Um, I always found her kind of antiseptic. Like, she's always kind of had, maybe not when she was doing the, stand-up. The but female she was very, Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah, she was kind of, yeah, exactly. Very much, like, it was a little cleaner than I like my stand-up. My stand-up tends to be... But that's the thing, like, I find that, face. yeah, stand-up, though, especially for women, is a hard game to play clean. Oh, absolutely. It'll be funny, yeah. You know? And that, I think, is is commendable when you can be a clean um, stand-up comedian. It's also my favorite stand-up guy um, next to, well, I'll, I'll get to that, but yeah. um, is clean. Um, really? But, uh, yeah, you'll you'll understand why. But okay. I'd say like my other favorites are probably Wanda Sykes, Tig Notaro, and uh, Mariah Bamford. Bamford. Wanda Sykes is fucking hysterical. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that bit about like the detachable vagina has stuck with me for years. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one is fucking funny. But uh, you said Maria Bamford, right? Oh, she's she's so fucking funny. hilarious. Yeah. And, like, just the peak of, like, being able to sort of, like, you know, make fun of her own psychoses and that sort of thing. Which is um, rare. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, she's been really good in terms of like shining light on like mental health issues for sure, I would say. And, and that's something that obviously is something that, um, you know, a lot of comics have issues with, but a lot of them just sort of ignore it and play it off, you know, just laugh at it kind of thing where she like dives right the fuck into it. But she what what I find commendable about Mariah Bamford is that um, she came back after a mental breakdown to comedy yeah. to talk about her experience, which is courageous as fuck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just absolutely. think that she's she's brilliant. And Tig Notaro recovering from like announcing that she had like cancer that she thought was going to like kill her while she was on stage and still being able to like live through it openly and like um, beautifully. I think that that's that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I'd say like I have to I have to mention her because she's so funny and I, I love her as um, a stand up um, is uh, Chelsea Peretti. Yeah, she's pretty fun. I, I found her her um, her special a little weird, but like she is very weird. funny. Very and, funny. Um, oh, okay, I recognize her. Yeah, I just yeah. I wouldn't know her. Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. yeah. I haven't but watched much like, Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I yeah, do. You should, that's a show you should get into. It's really fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. But like, there's so many funny women actually like starting to appear, which is amazing. Like Kristen Schaal, like you know, 15 yeah. years ago, yeah. Kristen Schaal probably wouldn't have had a career because she's not stereotypically you know hot or beautiful or fat or you know all of these things that um, are the staples of what it was to be a woman in comedy. You had to be overweight and mock the fact that you were overweight because you know that was what you did or you had to be gorgeous and crass and you know Kristen Schaal is just Kristen Schaal yeah yeah Yeah. she's one of my favorite daily show correspondents which we will probably talk about again and Michelle Wolf is very much following in her footsteps right now and is really killing it all of her segments on the the new daily show are really good yep and, like, look at Melissa McCarthy with her Sean Spicer and, like, everything that Melissa McCarthy does. Like, she's yeah. starting to step away from being overweight funny and just being funny. Yeah, she she's is, hysterical. She's brilliant. Um, and well, she didn't Calvin, start, like, like, necessarily in comedy, right? Like, she was on Gilmore Girls first. Like, she was on a, well, maybe, I don't know, a serious show, but it well, wasn't, she, like, a straight was kind of comic show. relief on that show, though. I mean, yeah. I, from what I've watched of Gilmore Girls, which is, you know, admittedly very little. Yeah. yeah. But like you know, she's she's so so talented, and then you have people like um, Mindy Kaling who are you know brilliant writers and can hold their own on a show about you know a comedy show just being a, a total diva douche. Like that's you know again ten fifteen years ago unheard of. You had Roseanne who admittedly was funny, but she was you know pretending to be trashy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I'm just trying to think of like. Uh, I'm looking through this list of women that are hilarious. Like, uh, we haven't even mentioned Janine Garofalo, who I thought you guys would bring up. Yeah. She hasn't done, I don't, I don't remember her having done stand-up in the past, like, 10 or 15 years, so I don't know. I've she seen does, her not a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. So she's, I don't feel like she's, like, actively, like, working in comedy. Has she done anything recently, either? I do remember seeing some of her specials back in the day and, like, laughing my ass off. She is very funny. I've seen her on, like, talk shows in the past year or two, but, uh, yeah, I haven't seen her on anything. But anyway, my point is that the Ghostbuster, um, Ghostbusters all-female cast, it could, it, it was the writing that was suffering. Oh, absolutely. It was still a massively financially successful movie, though. 
and hilarious. I thought it was really funny. It didn't yeah. have the appeal of the original Ghostbusters, because what could? But Yeah, and I mean regardless of the critical reception of it, it clearly showed that a woman or that a, a cast that was, you know, all female lead roles female. could yeah, could uh could be financially successful mm-hmm. and viable. And that's the thing, so. like a lot of people were like, eh, it's all women, but what they should have been worried about was the fact that these were not just it's not just four four or five women coming in to fill new roles. It was four or five women coming in to hold their own against a major, not even just cult classic, a classic that is beloved by more than one generation. Yeah. How do you, you can't come into that and not expect it to not be as good because it it won't be. It will just never be. It will never live up to everybody's expectations. Even the new Star Wars movies that were amazing, people are still like, yeah, they were great. They were really, really good. But, you know, it wasn't Star Wars. It wasn't an original Star Wars. It was an empire. Yeah. So I just think that it's it's interesting that we've got all of these. But even, like, as a female comedian, because I like to think of myself as a female comedian, um, um, I, like, I remember with improv groups, part of the reason I started my own troupe was because all of these improv groups in Hamilton are male. There are next to no women improv- improvisers um, out doing touring productions or putting on their own shows. There's a lot of women in theater, but not a lot of women improvers. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my, my rant about women in comedy. But um, who, are your, who would you say are your favorite male stand-up? My number one favorite male stand-up? Not I have, top three, like, top three. Top three? Okay. My absolute all-time favorite is George Carlin. Okay, I can see that. Yep. He'd be in my, like, top top ten, maybe my top five. Mm. Yeah, no. His, like, his sense of humor is, like, I don't know if it's because I saw a lot of his stuff early on or something like that, because it was something, like, my parents exposed me to. But it totally, like, affected how I, what I find funny. Like, he is funny to me. Like, that's what I think of when somebody's like, what's the funniest thing in the world? I'm like, George Carlin going off is hysterical to me at all times. So he's my number one. Absolutely. I've never actually watched any of his comedy specials. Like I've, I, I, I mean, he's been on my radar since I was a kid because mainly because of Bill and Ted. Um, yeah. And that's the weird part about him is that he does like, and he was Mr. Conductor on, yeah. uh, on with the tank engine. Yeah. Yeah. But it, and it, that's, it's the weird jarring, like he went and did mainstream stuff and did like Bill and Ted and it is super cool. And then like he does shiny time station and is like kid friendly and shit like that. But then he does his stand up thing that is just like talking about like having world suicide network stuff going on and like, yeah, just really like social commentary kind of stuff that is like really fucking funny. Yeah. And no, you guys it, should totally go out and like watch his last special. He did the last special right before he passed away is like the funniest fucking thing. Like I will rewatch it every once in a while and still lose my shit at some of the stuff that he's talking about. Cause it's still broad enough that it's still relevant right, right now. I think yeah. it was 2014 or something like that, but like definitely you guys should really go check it out. And we'll explain a lot about my sense of humor to you guys probably <laughs> as you watch it. There's a, um, there's a dedicated, I'm not sure if it still is, but for a while there was a, uh, a satellite radio channel that was just George Carlin, like stand up bits. Mm-hmm. And so I've definitely listened to quite a bit of that and really enjoyed it. Uh, so I, I definitely should go back and check out his actual 
uh, his specials. Yeah, his specials are fucking hysterical. There's because there, yeah. he started out. It was weird because he started out as like a, a cleaner comic, and then when around like the late seventies, as he kind of got involved with like counterculture stuff and like doing drugs and like living that kind of lifestyle, he got more and more topical. Like he was the guy like the seven things you can't say on TV, like the seven yeah. words you can't say on TV. That was George Carlin. Like he came up with that kind of stuff like in the late seventies, early eighties. And then like just got more and more like the angry old man, like all the yeah. time as he went along and like, just so goddamn funny. So yeah. I believe it. Um, what would be your other, he's your top absolute favorite. Who would be your other two? Um, I probably like, I've gone back and watched, like I've really enjoyed the old, like John Stewart standup stuff. Um, he was, and a lot of the ways it's kind of like he changed the rules of the game too. Like by taking the daily show, he took like that standup kind of sensibility and like broadcast it to the mainstream and like brought that show up along with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's, he's up there, but like my other guy, like I, I always say I have two and George Carlin is like definitely number one, but like number two and he's still active. I just saw him in November is Lewis black. Yeah. We talked about this in, uh, on a previous episode. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, <sighs> I love Lewis's Black's bits on The Daily Show. I've never found his stand-up particularly compelling. And it's because there's no crescendo to it. It's all fucking climax. Yeah. It, well, he does... He he lowballs his climax. Like, his joke is always kind of like the... Like, that sarcastic afterthought kind of thing. And that's what I appreciate. Like, I, that's why I like it. Because yeah. he does... He ramps up to, like, this insane level of, like anger or whatever even if he's faking it like he just yeah. gets so riled up and that's hysterical and then he just kind of comes down and then starts to ramp back up in his next topic kind of thing i've always found him very funny so I, I i think he's hilarious i just in i prefer him in smaller doses like oh, okay. you know in, in like a four or five minute segment kind of thing where i can handle him being angry for that long and i can believe him being sort of infuriated for that period of time but like on a 90 minute special or something like that i'm just like all right this is this is a bit put on i'll post uh, i'll post something to the group his most recent special just like it's on youtube and stuff like that and he comes out and he's he's kind of it was it happened at the end of 2016 like i was when i saw him he was doing the same routine or like the same routine that's the one thing i like about him is he does he's really good about like feeling out the room and like flexing his bit and like he's he's able to do that because he's just kind of topping about topical things as he goes along Mm -hmm. but his like his most recent special or bit like was him coming out and not really being sure why the world would need him or any other comedian anymore because everything else around him has become so fucking funny that like what what he's he's talking he's watching the news and he's like you got Sarah Palin with Donald Trump standing behind her and then Sarah Palin starts to talk why do you fucking need me anymore like <laughs> how yeah. can I make this funnier like I can't do this funnier I don't get it this is already hysterically badly funny I'm just gonna go like I'm out like I'm done so fuck it and then he yeah. goes into his next kind of thing like that kind of stuff I like about him a lot where yeah. he's just kind of. It doesn't necessarily feel like he's doing like a routine. He's just kind of up there talking, and he's fucking hilarious when he's doing it. So, yeah, I can Fair see enough. why why um you would find that like it is. It's funny. It's really funny that um someone can be uh or like when people can mock politics without it being the sole thing that they do. Yeah, my and I think that's like my comedy like takeaway is always like it's usually kind of either political or like social commentary kind of stuff, not in like the Seinfeldy kind of like observational way, but like 
where they just start ragging on like the way we live our lives and stuff like that i'll be like yeah i do that but i still find it hilarious that you're making like taking the piss out of it kind of thing yeah so mm-hmm. And it's all usually pretty angry and very sarcastic, so... It's true. Yeah, very much like my sense of humor, so... Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, what about you, Tim? Um, let's see, top three... I don't know if I could put them in, like, order, but... Uh, Louis C.K. would definitely be up there. Like, I just fucking love how how dark it is, how... it's 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 a perfect balance of, like, dark, balanced off, like, absurdity. Um, and he's really willing to shine a light on like fucking people's privilege and how like people complain about like stupid, stupid shit. Uh, like, you know, fucking white people complaining like, Oh my God, I can't get sushi delivered to my house at like 2am or something like that kind of thing. It's like, you have a fucking like device in front of you that can bring the entire world of knowledge to your face at once kind of thing he's like you need to be fucking amazed by this that's the sort of thing i love with louis ck is that he's just like like he tries to make people be sort of appreciative for what they have i find it funny that you don't like i maybe it's just the way he delivers it but like there's bits of louis black stuff that's very much like that where he's talking about like having his iphone and being like i have a supercomputer in my pocket the fuck's wrong with all of you you know what i mean Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I do, I do like Lewis Black. It's just as, I, and I, it's just, I, I prefer him in smaller doses. Fair enough. Fair I enough. think, I think he's. I do. I'm also doses. like, I'm a big, I'm a big Louis C.K. fan. Last time he came around, I was, I was in the building. I went and saw him. He was so fucking funny. Oh, he's yeah. Brilliant. I haven't, I haven't seen him live, but I'd really like to. That's my, that's my, like, I don't talk about it a lot, but I do go see stand-up a lot. Like, when I, if it's somebody big that I know I'm going to laugh at, like, I'm not into, like, going to, like, Yuck Yucks and watching amateurs or whatever, but, like, if Louis Black tours, I'm going to see it. Like, if Louis C.K. comes to town, I will fucking stub hub a ticket and go. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, I'll get into those shows. Like, I saw George Carlin before he died. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that level of guy, I will go see. Like, I've seen Bill Burr, like, those kind of guys. Like, I go see that big, the, the bigger names. Like, yeah, because I know, I, I like, I'm already, like, exposed to it to the point where, like, I know his new routine's probably just going to be, like, up to date. And then I'm going to laugh at the new stuff anyway. So I'm just going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't gone to see much stand-up live. I'd really like to, but it's just, it's, finances haven't really allowed for it. Uh, Atlanta's an expensive state to live in. Uh, but, uh, it's not like, you know, I wouldn't like feel like I was deprived if I died and I never got to see like Louis CK live or something like that. Cause, yeah. cause I feel like, you know, you, th- those stand up specials really for the most part for, for most comics yeah, really yeah. sort of capture that, uh, that what it's like to be there in the actual audience kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely mm-hmm. something that like, it does translate very well to like watching it on video or whatever. There yeah. is something to being in the room. Like I will laugh at a stand up routine as I'm sitting in my living room watching it or whatever. There is a different energy to being in the room and just like that collective like it's like being in a movie where you're, everybody's laughing at something and you laugh harder because everybody around you is laughing harder. Mm-hmm. It definitely can kind of be like that too. I know like when I saw Louis Black in November, like as he got as he started going off and the crowd really started getting into it, I was laughing harder because of that. So yeah, um, yeah. For me, the others would probably be. Let's see, if I have to pick three. Ricky Gervais would definitely be up there because his stand-up is fucking brilliant as well. And again, is like really, he is really good at like shining light on hypocrisy and particularly like religious bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, Like he, you know, is very much willing to take apart, you know, you believe in a fucking like 
random sky daddy kind of thing yeah, that yeah. that that uh you know that determines your entire life and the people that the stupid and terrible things that people do in the in the name of those religions um but also just like his um like scientific like more natural kind of stuff like he loves to talk about like stupid shits uh, that like animals do like natural behaviors and that sort of thing uh and those some of those are really really good as well so yeah i i mean i love ricky gervais he's one of the few people that i really like um both what he's done on his actual like shows and stuff like that as well as his stand-up um because a lot of the time you know and louis ck is the same way well with louis anyways his uh lucky louie show was pretty terrible oh yeah um the which was the the was it the hbo one like the louie show Not yeah uh no lucky louie i think was the hbo show uh okay. louie i think is on fx yeah that one's funny that one yeah. i found very funny it's so. well it's weird it, it started out really funny and then it started as go as it went on becoming sort of more dark and introspective like there's not as many like laugh out loud funny moments there's definitely it's definitely skewed more towards like just sort of self-awareness and that sort of thing, which is still good. And still, um, I mean, there are still like funny moments, but, uh, I mean, I still like the show for sure. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's very, it's unlike anything else that's on TV right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So that's, one? Uh, that's to the third. I gotta go old school and go back to Eddie Murphy. Um, like Delirious and Raw, oh, I are, yeah. were some of the first like stand-up specials. I didn't even see them. This is back in like going back to like our episode on how we, our consumption of media has changed. I downloaded like MP3s of Delirious and Raw, and I heard them for years and years. I still have the you know files on my iPod before I ever actually like watched them, like downloaded them or or streamed them or anything like that. Um, but Delirious is for me like a perfect fucking comedy special um like it again it it, he got into like fucking like venereal diseases and stuff like that which in like the early 80s was so taboo and you know people were taking it really seriously and he got into it and sort of started to make fun of it which and and part of the reason that i like that kind of comedy is because even if it's something that maybe you know it's kind of debatable whether you should be like making light of it even if you're making light of it you're still bringing that issue into people's minds you know you're making them sort of consider it in a new light you're you're again you're shining a light on things that a lot of people might rather just sort of ignore and that's yeah. and again, what i like really like about louis and ricky gervais as well is that they're they're not scared to get into those issues that are kind of frightening but that really we do need to think about more even if it is kind of laughing at them uh you know because that that takes a a lot of the power away from a lot of them as well in a lot of those cases uh but yeah fucking delirious like it's got a great balance of like sort of political humor like racial humor um like just what it's like growing up uh in like black culture like a lot of my understanding of or my early understanding of like how different um, you know, North American black culture was from my upbringing came from like listening to some of the, like those early Eddie Murphy specials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I like those two specials a lot. I still actually have them on my like home theater PC downstairs. Like they're just yeah. kind of sitting on the hard drive. I have a collection of stand up stuff, like the, the Eddie Murphy stuff, all my George Carlin and Louis, uh, Louis Black stuff sits on there. My Jim Jeffries, like that's the other, that's the other person I probably should have mentioned is Jim Jeffries. Mm. His routine about, organized religion 
is like the fucking funniest thing. Like when he starts going off about yeah. like your sky god and stuff like that, and like you're a <laughs> giant hypocrite because of it. And, like I love that stuff so much. Yeah, and plus, plus Eddie Murphy, he delves into the potty humor too, and I definitely like that as well. Like the G.I. Joe went into the cave, yeah, yeah. and then a big brown shot came. He's talking about playing with his poo and shoving G.I. Joe's up his ass in the bathtub as a child. That's weird. <laughs> and the ice cream man. Ice cream man! Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's He was... Have you ever gone back and watched his stuff on, uh, like, his SNL run and stuff? Uh, yeah, like his, uh, uh, what, Mr. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood knockoff? Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, some, uh, there's was, some really good, like, racial humor in there as well. Yeah, he's so fucking funny. Like, what did he do, like, a year on there or something like that, and that's it, so... Yeah, one, one or maybe two seasons maybe at the most, seasons? I think, yeah. Yeah, he was so fucking funny on that, though. So. Yeah, but, I mean, the world wasn't ready for him, like, in terms of the mainstream kind of thing, I think, yeah, no, is, was the main not. issue there. But, yeah, Eddie Murphy, I mean, you know, for whatever his career has sort of become now, started out just a fucking genius. Yeah, it's really weird to watch, like, to go, like, look at the way his career arc has gone as, like, yeah. he broke into movies and stuff like that and kind of stopped to being that, like, in-your-face stand-up kind of guy. Mm. So, it was weird. But, Chrissy, we haven't heard your, well, maybe we have heard your top three nope. between your, no? Okay. Um, With, within your female comics. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> the the male comics I think are uh, dominate my favorites just because, like, I still love. I think female comedians are my favorite versus stand up. I prefer men, um, in my top five anyway. Um, but I have to give honorable mention because he wouldn't make my top five. Would be John Mulaney. He's so funny. You I've can- never been able to get into his humor. But that's that's the thing is that he plays to more of a feminine audience. You know? Okay. Like he's hilarious, but he's clean. Yeah. It's very clean. And I prefer that kind of storytelling archetype of stand up. Um yeah. that's my I don't know that I've favorite. ever seen him do stand up before. I, I so. like him a lot. I think my issue with John Mulaney is more that um is he seems a little I, and it might be a put on, but that he seems a little more like self-absorbed kind of thing. Mm. That okay. might just be like the persona that he puts up on stage kind of thing. But I feel that's like me. you should. You need to. Um, I feel like you need to watch both of his sets because he's he's so funny. He comes off as a little pompous, but the more you get into it, the like he's just he's brilliant. He's so funny. But he's an honorable mention. He would be in my top ten, probably my top six. But um. I also John Oliver would be an honorable mention in my top five. Um, he's fucking funny I, in stand up; like he's hysterical. Yes. I've never watched and his do stand up. I should. It's on YouTube. Him. You can go. You can go see it. Yeah, it's funny. Okay. Yeah, I adore him. I think that he is brilliant. Um, he is so 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 funny, um, and he just like he doesn't give a shit, and that to me is yeah. just so awesome. I, you should go on YouTube and see if you can find. They're hard to find sometimes, but go back and see. And maybe it won't translate as well because you weren't as like politically aware of that era as you are now. But like, go and find the old John Stewart stand-up stuff, and you'll see where John Oliver kind of gets his 
like it informs his performance a lot. I think mm-hmm. like yeah. having spent that much time. I mean, obviously he spent. He's one of those like like whatever you want to call them, like children of Stuart kind of thing. Like he's like one of those children of the Daily Show kind of thing. So obviously going to be very informed by that sense of humor. But John Stewart's stand up, I think, was probably a lot more influential on the way John Oliver does stand up than probably anybody else that came out of that scene. Like, just the way they talk about the stuff is very like you can tell. Yeah, yeah, that he was a big influence on him. So yeah, you should go take a look at it anyway. It's uh, Stewart was hilarious. Like I always felt like I'm glad he got the Daily Show, but like him going away from stand up kind of bummed me out because I loved his stand up. So yeah. Well, like another, I would, I would put John Stewart and Stephen Colbert in my top ten, but yeah, like if we're talking stand up, like the, yeah, well, John Colbert's Oliver, not a stand up guy, right? No, but he's so funny. Like, oh, absolutely. he pretty much does it every every day now on his um his Colbert on his uh his late night on the late show, late, yeah. yeah, yeah, in his first ten minutes, that's like stand up to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really smart. He like I I when we I was look, when we sort of when you brought the topic up yesterday, Tim. Like my first thought was like I mean obviously I thought Louis C.K. and or not Louis C.K. Uh, Louis Black and um, George Carlin, but like my first thought was like I can't just sit here and talk about the Daily Show for forty five <laughs> minutes because no, that's yeah. like it's a different. It's a different genre. Because it is a totally yeah. different genre, but that's like that is my I go that was my well it was more back then. But, like that's my go to like comedy. Like that's the stuff that I like to go back to yeah. and like watch or like. Those are the guys that I follow now. Like I love hearing, like when John Stewart shows up on the Late Show, I'm like so I will watch funny. that clip like three or four times, kind of thing. Yeah. And I, like I don't necessarily watch all of Colbert, but I will watch the monologue every morning, kind of thing, because yep. I just want to hear what he's thinking about. Because that, yeah, yeah, because he's so fucking funny too. The ones that I watch, I I only really watch um, last week tonight um, fully because it's it's so flowy. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, I I will always I stay updated with my news anyway with um, with Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyer. I do like Seth Meyer. I don't he's watch lower, him. Yeah, he's lower on my list because he's still he's so charming and he's so sweet and he's very very intelligent. But compared to Colbert and John Oliver, he's just like he's second tier. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's like that's pedigree too, right? Like Seth Meyer comes from a different scene. Like it's for sort of he, mass he, consumption. Yeah, it's a much cleaner and his kind of style of stuff than like those Daily Show guys tend to kind of go for the fucking throat a lot of the time. Like they're much more in your face about it. Like that's Mm -hmm. that. Like again, it's that John Stewart style of like Mm -hmm. just fucking take take the throat out of it. Like just go for it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but yeah, so my my top five. I'll just we've already talked about um at least Louis C.K. is in my top five for sure. Um. So it's like John Oliver and Louis C.K. are four and f- four and five. Yeah. Um, but my top three would be um, I think third would be uh, Aziz Ansari. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pretty. Funny. I adore him. I think he's brilliant. I think that he brings a fresh look at um, cultural, political, and social issues. But he does it like so serenely that you just like you love him. Yeah, it was. He definitely, I think, embodies a lot of uh, the sort of millennial aesthetic of stand-up, but still brings it to a classier level than just like poop jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) like he delivers a message in all of his shows, which I really appreciate, and that's something that like um, that's why Donald Glover is in my top ten, but maybe not my top five because he's really, really funny, but all of his jokes are jokes. 
You know, there's no like, mm-hmm. th- there's there's thought to it, but he's 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 more about family situations and um, goof ups and things like that than he is hardcore comedy. Yeah. But Aziz Ansari to me is just he's smart, he's relevant, he um, he brings a new a new viewpoint. Uh, I love hearing about. Um, his cultural upbringing and like how it wasn't all that cultural because he just grew up in the States, but like he's been forced into these Indian feeling situations by other people. And just like, he's really, really smart. And I, I loved him on parks and rec and I pretty much love anything he does. Also master of none is fantastic. He's a brilliant writer. I could only get it through a couple episodes of master of none, you but gotta, maybe I need to give it another shot. It. You gotta get yeah. into it. Season two's coming out. So, um, yeah, so I'd say that, and then um, tied for one and two because I can't choose between them. Like even if you if you held a gun to my head, I wouldn't be able to. It'd be a weird thing to hold a gun to my head for, but um, would be uh, Patton Oswalt. Um, yeah, he was on my yeah. my uh, honorable mentions for sure. I ad- I love him so much. I love him so much, and it has nothing to do with the fact that he like. He and I had a conversation once. Like it's about the fa- he just got a name drop that right. I've yeah. told you guys about him before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I I just think that he's so smart. And the way he talks about politics in his humor is so brilliant. Like, everything has... And that's the thing. I love double-meaning comedy. I love it when you can use comedy as a way to facilitate a conversation. Mm-hmm. And he does it so brassly and harshly. Sometimes it's just, uh, and it's so heartfelt. Like everything he does, you can just feel that he loves what he's doing, and he does it because it, he's passionate about it. Plus, he's a nerd, and like gets all my nerddom stuff. Um, I feel like his hybrid is sort of like his balance is very much similar to our podcast. Yes, in terms of the balance of like political and nerdy and dark. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm always waiting for that episode we do when, like, where we, like, when we, like, after the election, when we got really grim about it kind of thing. Yeah. I'm always waiting for that episode to, like, crop back up for some reason. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Like it'll that. get dark again, I think, at some point. Like, that kind of stuff going yeah. on. That, that just, that, because that episode, I've actually gone back to that episode a couple times, and I'm like, we are pretty funny in that opening segment, in spite of being, like, that dour. It is dark, but it is still kind of funny, so. I feel yeah. like we've been avoiding that stuff lately just because it's all over everywhere all the time. And it's, yeah, for it's, sure. Like, why hammer it on the head when it's already been talked about so much that, like, it can be funny, but at the same time, there's not a lot of funniness about it anymore. Um, yeah. But anyway, with Patton Oswalt, I think that he's so real, too, which I really appreciate. Like, in the same kind of way that Louis C.K. is. Like, there's no bullshit. He talks about real shit that has happened to him. And yeah. I appreciate that he talked about you know, grieving for his wife while he was doing stand-up and, like, finding humor as a way to heal. Um, I really like the, the way he stands up for trans rights and gay and LGBTQ. But, like, the thing that sealed it for me was that um, sketch here, not sketch, that bit he did about the two individuals and how powerful language is and how funny it was, but how, like, poignant. Have you guys seen that clip? Where he talks no, about okay, I don't so he, think so. I'll I'll post it or something. But he talks about how um, there's these two men, and language is more important than the in, than um, language is less important than the intent, 
And so he talks about this one guy who's like, well, you know, I, as a conservative male, I believe that marriage should between, be between a male and a female and that uh, I don't agree with homosexuality. And he like uses all these big words that I'm not doing justice for. But then he has a second guy come on and he's like, well, if two fags want to get married, I don't see the problem with it. I think that they should just do what they love and, like, and be with who they love. I don't care if some guy's doing another guy off the butt. That's not my business. And, like, it's, it's so <laughs> smart. And like, it's so offensively beautiful because you're like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> he talks about how like these people were so upset because you're using the word tranny, which to some people, fair enough, is very offensive. We're going to have to put a thing on this now of all the people Trigger that like warning. say these things. It's like me. Yeah. But um, people are upset about the use of the word tranny, just like people don't like, you know, black people don't like it when white people use the word nigger. Like, we, we shouldn't be using those terms, but um, if I'm going to say all of them, I might as well. But yeah. um, <laughs> the thing is that... Just like, going to offend everybody this episode, folks. <laughs> But the idea is that... We're back to Christy being racist. But the, here's the thing, though. <laughs> what I like that Pat Oswalt does beautifully is that he talks about how language is important, but what's more important is the emotional integrity behind that language. Because you could, you could just not... Like, these people are getting upset that you're using the word tranny, and RuPaul coined the word, the word tranny to take it back for people who were transgender or transvestite or however they um, self-identify. And if you don't know the language, it's not about, you know, you being ignorant to the language. It's about, do you care about whether or not this is right? And that should be more important. Not that language isn't important, but it should come secondary to the fact that you care about, you know, what you care about and what you believe in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. I'm with I, you. I thought that that was beautiful and that really sold me on Patton Oswalt. That and his, you know, rant about My Little Pony. But um, <laughs> he's. And that's the thing. I think all of these, like, everything that everyone we've mentioned, like, you know, they might have some very smart humor, but every once in a while they just they do a fucking dick joke or something yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> They're not above doing a, you know, yeah. a fucking straight up, like, dick, dick or fart joke. Yeah. His, his joke, his section about deathbed, the bed that eats people, is, like, mind blowing and funny. Um, <laughs> but my other top favorite person would be Mike Birbiglia. I love him. I love Mike yeah. Birbiglia. Yeah. I know you guys probably don't, but, like, he is niche, and he is in my niche. <laughs> I adore him. He's so great. Uh, and he, like, believes in improv, and his stories are all, like, again, clean humor, which is, for me, like, I think it's very, 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 very hard to do. Um, yeah. And to sell it well. And I think he's so good. His storytelling is superb, and he... His physicalization is so funny. I haven't seen anyone else be as physical as Mike Birbiglia on stage. Um, he's a feminist. Like, he's... And he's just... He's so funny. Ugh, his stories are great. I don't really know how else to sell him. I just went on the Patton Oswalt rant. I don't have anything else left in me. But, um... <laughs> yeah, like... It's... it's He's a beautiful storyteller. Yeah, I he's always been one that's been sort of on the fringe of my radars, but uh, I've never really got real heavy into him. That being said, I always like when I see him on like the late night shows. Like he's been on Colbert once or twice, and he's always good on there. Um, but yeah, never never really 
dove too deep into him. I don't think I've ever seen any of his stuff, so I shouldn't. Like, you're too. Um, I'm gonna have to go take away and kind of like look at a little bit and see what I think because I don't. What Pat Oswald as well? No, we don't. Not Pat Oswald. The um, oh god, it was the first John Mulaney. Said. Yeah, John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Yeah, and and uh, this guy I haven't like I don't I don't think I've seen much of their stuff. Like I think I saw him on Colbert one time, but it was one yeah. of those episodes where like I just had it on the background while I was working, so I wasn't really paying attention to mm-hmm. whatever was going on on the show. So, yeah. but he's like really the the sort of what everybody points to in term or in terms of like current comics that are like hey you can do clean humor kind of thing yeah like you know back in the day it was it was seinfeld like he's you know the guy today that everybody points to and like hey look you can tell jokes without being crude or whatever mm-hmm. yeah but they're not as funny <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you mark i don't know i'm sure the guy's fucking hilarious like i just haven't never <laughs> My obviously my sense of humor tends to veer into like the most scatological <laughs> horrible things you can possibly say. So that's kind of where I that's my, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse when it comes to what's going to make me laugh. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, all right. I got to throw out a couple um, honorable mentions before we stop, though. Yep. Uh, I fucking love Eddie Izzard. Oh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's hysterical. so good oh, and like. Argentina? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And the the cake cake or death uh Marie Antoinette bit is really yeah. really good. Um Chris Rock in particular the uh if bullets cost $5,000, there be no more innocent bystanders. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need gun control, we need bullet control. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His early um, stuff was like I, he's come back around too like he's doing stand up again, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, speaking of people that hilarious. are Yeah, speaking of people that are back around, Dave Chappelle yeah. He's back doing stuff right now, and his early stand-up was fucking amazing and really, uh, again, it was, like, the Chappelle show and his, like, early stand-up was, again, something else that, like, really, you know, brought a lot of sort of uh, African-American issues to the forefront for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, I think that was all the ones that I wanted to mention. Yep, that was it. What about you, Mark? Do you have any uh, any on- honorable mentions? I don't know. They're not necessarily stand-ups, but, like, I... I I have a very soft spot for like listening to Kevin Smith talk when he's just kind of rambling about shit like that. Like I go back to the Smodcast episodes a lot and it's something I, I I don't know if I've told you guys this story. I almost got fired because of boy saver. I don't know if you guys. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did. (laughs) Oh no, no, that's, that's uh, last podcast on the left. The, uh, um, the, the detective popcorn stuff. I was going to talk about last podcast too. Those like those two podcasts, like they make me lose my shit, but Smodcast there's an episode where they're talking. It starts off they're talking about Earthworm Jim of all things, like whatever oh, happened I love to Earthworm, Earthworm Jim. <laughs> but then it gets into like them creating a video game around Scott's weird alternate personality, where he instead of like because they start talking about GTA and how you can beat up prostitutes, and he's like you could beat up male prostitutes too, right? And he's like I don't know, I guess you kegs they don't really know anything about video games. Yeah. <laughs> and so they come up with this weird premise where like they create a game inside the game called Boy Saver, where you just beat up male prostitutes so they stop taking dick for money and only take it for love and it goes on <laughs> for like 10 minutes and there's like i'm listening to this at the office probably for the second time and i still it still hit me to the point where i had a complete breakdown like giggle fit listening to it i had to stop and i got pulled into the office and my boss is like the fuck is wrong with you are you okay and i'm like i so i had to play it for her and be like this is what i was laughing at she's like okay i don't know how to like even remotely do it don't listen to it anymore because like you're having a problem <laughs> but like definitely go it's uh i think it's podcast 328 
yeah, 328. Go fucking just it's like the first 15 minutes of the episode where they just do boy saver. It's like <laughs> hysterically. I don't know why it just killed me. So but then yeah, like the the other one is like I listen to a lot of podcasts that are like comedy based, but the other one is last podcast on the left that I I've mentioned on the show a million times. It's like my favorite podcast. Yep. And it is really I don't know, have you been listening favorite. to it, Christy? I have I've been listening to some of it, but then I got really into um S Town. And I was oh, okay, yeah. to uh, Harry Potter for a while too. Yeah, but yeah, they they do all the like weird serial killer shit and stuff like that. But they have this horrible like sensibility to them where it's just like we're gonna take like we're not gonna. They don't they really make fun of the victims, but they will rag on the killers a lot and just go off about them and like create character like improv characters about the char- like the killers as they go on and stuff like that. It's popcorn. <laughs> yeah, That's and like so the detective sweet. popcorn thing. That that was where that was what sold me on that podcast like long term. I was listening to a couple episodes and I was like, I'm gonna listen to this one episode because it was kind of recommended, and I listened to it. And I was like, oh shit, that that hit me hard. Like the detective popcorn thing killed me. So I laughed a lot. Yeah, so I think <laughs> it's like the second part of the BTK episode. If you're flipping through it and you want to listen to that, like he does detective popcorn in it, and it's ridiculous. So like as they're telling the story of the the BTK killer. He start the one guy Henry Zabrowski starts creating this character called Detective Popcorn, and he's just like he's gets so weirder funny. and weirder. Like as the thing goes on, it's so fucking funny. It's so, so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just taste the butter, so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I think I think my honorable mentions like podcasts are great. But we can talk about podcasts. We should do a whole episode on podcasts at one point. Um, that's kind of meta. That's self-referential, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so <laughs> but um. I think so Dance Robot Danceception. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my uh, honorable mentions that I won't go into too big of details about would be like Bo Burnham and uh, Russell Peters, um, mm. Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, yeah, I do Mitch like Hedberg. me some Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, me too. He's one again I like in small doses. I can't really yeah, sit down same. and listen to him for like an hour, but like a, a five minute stretch of Mitch Hedberg is really good. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't yeah. mention uh, Bill Hicks either. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of old, but he, he was really fucking funny. So. Is it the same thing with Robin Williams? Like, Robin Williams was an yes. amazing Robin Williams was hysterical in stand up. So high energy. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of cocaine involved in that early on. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, he was brilliant. But there's just like there's there's so many really good comedians out there who have like one special and then they're done. And you're like, oh. yeah. But yeah, um, I uh, yeah. Do you guys um, have any other special mentions you want to say before we before we close the episode with my final question? No. Nope. All right. Well, listeners, but we we would love to hear what your um comedy loves are and who you would recommend if there's any like one one special stardom people that you love i could have said that better but um (laughs) yeah or like if you you should check out some of these people you guys most of our listeners tend to side more with uh the interests of mark and tim but i i promise you that i have mentioned some good people if you haven't listened to pat noswell (laughs) then you've been living under a rock but um he's brilliant his uh thing on netflix is still up but um, okay, so the last question I have is, what is the funniest joke that to you? What's the funniest joke? I have two um, that are like about two minutes long each, so I will hold mine till the end. <laughs> I don't like. I'm just gonna say it. Like, I don't have like a joke that I tell like on a regular basis, like something that like like a bit that I will do. So I have go tos that I go to that I use all the time. Like, and we use it on the podcast. Like the, my love of phrasing, like saying that to people 
Like, oh, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> phrasing is my favorite thing. Like, I use it constantly. And, like, we haven't been doing it on the podcast. I think we should bring, have a serious conversation about getting <laughs> about phrasing, back phrasing back into the rotation. I love that joke so Especially much. Especially considering Archer just came back. This Archer week. did just come back this week, and it was pretty good. It was weirdly not as, it. it wasn't as funny as I was expecting. They're still funny in bits, but it was a little bit more, like, serious than I thought it was going to be. It was, it, But it was pretty good. No phrasing joke, though, so I'm kind of waiting for that to make an appearance. And we got to bring it back. Yeah, we definitely have to bring yep. it back. But yeah, like that kind of like people saying things that like they didn't think about the way it sounds, if you're thinking about it, or if you have a disgusting mind like me, I will just whip out phrasing all the time. I do that constantly. So, <laughs> And otherwise, like honestly, like go listen to Boy Saver. I don't know why. It's the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. So. Yeah. All right, we will All have right. to do that. But uh, what about it's you, Tim? Um, I'm kind of the same. Like I, I, I'm more just into like conversational humor. But the one joke that always jumps into my head when somebody's like, "Tell me a funny joke," is I think this one. I can't even remember where I heard it. Probably my dad. My dad tells terrible jokes. But uh, so the story goes: there's this uh, gorilla at a zoo. And they're trying to get it to a uh, female gorilla at a zoo. They're trying to get it to breed. Uh, but like all the male gorillas that they bring in, she just rejects them. Yeah. But there's this, uh, there's this male like uh, groundskeeper, like uh, you know that goes in and like feeds her and stuff like that. And she's very affectionate towards him. And let's just ignore like the scientific side of this joke for now. So the the people at the zoo are like, okay, we really got to get this fucking uh, gorilla to breed. And somebody throws out the idea like, well, what about this groundskeeper? Like she really likes him. What if we just you know. I don't. Know. I know it's weird, but what if we set something up there? They go back and forth, like, "Well, that's the only fucking thing we can come up with." So, all right, we'll 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 make him an offer, right? We'll we'll pay him, you know, and say, "Here, you know, if you give him give give you this much money, will you do it?" So they bring them in, and uh, they tell them the situation. They they get down to the offer, and they say, "Okay, here's the deal: ten thousand dollars to fuck this gorilla." He goes back and forth. He's like. I don't know. He thinks about it for a while and finally he comes back and he says, okay, I'll do it on two conditions. One, there's got to be somebody there, you know, that can like pull me out in case things go wrong. And two, you got to give me a couple weeks to come up with the 10,000 bucks. <laughs> that's awesome. I did not see that going there. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Okay, a couple weeks. Okay. Um, <laughs> where did you hear that? Where's the first time you heard that joke? I'm pretty sure that's one that my dad told me. But my dad's terrible at telling jokes, so he always fucks them up about halfway through, and then has to go back and like and like be like, "Oh wait, I, I messed it up. What he actually said was this kind of thing." That's so. I'm amazing. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's one I got from him. Um. Mine are both one's from my mom and one's from my dad. Um, I'll let you guess. Uh, okay, so I'll tell I'll tell the Tamer one first. So this mom and this little boy are driving in their car and they're on the way to the city. And the little boy has just turned five years old, so he's like becoming a big boy. And so that's why they're going from their country house to go into the city to have this big birthday. 
So the little boy's driving, you know, he's, he's in the seat and looking out the window. He's kind of bored while his mom's driving and he sees some cows and he goes, oh, look, mommy, moos, moos. And she goes, no, sweetie, you're a big boy now. You have to start using big boy words. That's called a cow. Can you say cow? And he looks at her, he crosses his arms and he goes, oh, cows. So they keep driving and he's kind of bored, but he, he sees a train going by and he goes, oh, look, mommy, a choo-choo, a choo-choo. And she goes, no, sweetie, you're a big boy now. You have to start using big boy words. That's called a train. Can you say train? And he looks at her and he goes, train. So they keep driving and he hasn't seen anything for a bit. So he picks up one of the books that he brought with him and starts flipping through it. And his mom goes, oh, sweetie, what are you reading? And he looks at her and goes, Winnie the shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big boy word. <laughs> and uh, nice. do you have any any other ones you want to tell quickly tim before i tell my last one uh no go nuts all right so um ah close <laughs> oh shit it's fine um so uh this uh, winnie the shit winnie the shit um <laughs> so these two leprechauns are walking up a hill towards a convent and uh, in Ireland, and one of them is dressed pristine, like his coat is all pressed, and his buttons are polished, and he's got the feather in his cap, and his beard's all trimmed, while his counterpart is stumbling, and he looks drunk, and he's like got uh, patches all over him, he's dirty, his beard's all grown out and gross, and he's so Irish, is what you're trying to say? No, <laughs> <laughs> but um. They walk up the hill and they uh, knock on the door of the convent and the, the smart looking one kind of slaps the other one and says, shh. And so uh, Mother Superior comes to the door and opens the latch and she goes, oh, my sons, how can I help you today? And the, the smart looking leprechaun goes, well, Mother, I'm sorry to bother you, but I, I have a couple questions that I'm hoping you can, you can help me answer. And she goes, oh, well, I'll do my best. And he says, all right, well, Mother, do you happen to know if there are any nuns in, or any leprechaun nuns in uh, in this county? And she thinks about it. She goes, no, my son, I don't believe I know of any leprechaun nuns in all of the county. And he goes, all right. Um, well, do you happen to know of any leprechaun nuns in all of Ireland? And she thinks on it. And she goes, no, my sons, I don't believe I know of any leprechaun nuns in all of Ireland. And so he goes, all right, I've got the last question. And then I'll ask for a blessing and we'll be on our way. Do you happen to know... Of any leprechaun nuns in all of the world? She thinks about it. She thinks and she kind of sighs and looks at him and goes, No, my sons, I don't believe I know of any leprechaun nuns in all of the world. He goes, All right, well, thank you for your time, mother. And she blesses them and closes the latch and they start to walk down the hill. And the smart looking leprechaun pulls out his hat and just starts beating the drunk one and goes, I told you you've been fucking penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Because oh, it looked like leprechaun nuns. <laughs> so, who, right. which, one, which one told you that? Which do you think? I, I think the second one is your dad and the first one's your mom. You're right. <laughs> Winnie the Shit is my mom's favorite joke. <laughs> but, yeah, those were what they imparted. I think they're so funny. <laughs> I told you you've been fucking penguins. It makes me laugh every time. Uh, 
But yeah, so that has been our show. Thank you for listening um, to what ended up being a lot longer than I anticipated it being. Yeah, it um, definitely was. But uh, thanks for staying tuned if you did the whole time. And we'd love to hear your favorite jokes. Um, if you want to send us a voice memo or write it on the Facebook page, that would be rad. We'll maybe feature it in the next episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, we really uh, want to hear what you think and who your favorite comedians are, what you thought of the news. And if you, uh, if you have anything else to tell us, just uh, send us some info on our various social media, which is uh, as follows. You can find us uh, on Twitter at um, drd underscore podcast um, you can email us at um, dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com our facebook is just dance robot dance podcast and uh, am i missing anything gentlemen oh you can find us on shout engine on itunes on uh on various other platforms like uh, if you're listening through your phone you can download podcast addict and all of our episodes are there up to the minute and yeah, I think that's about it. What do you guys think? Sounds good. Yep, I think that's about it. All right. Well, uh, thank <laughs> you very much. We'll talk to you guys later. And uh, for now, we'll, we'll sign off. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye, Mark. <laughs> Say goodbye, Tim. Happy Rex Manning Day, everyone. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's Rex Manning Day today. It's Rex Manning Day. Uh, oh, my God. I don't know what that means. Go watch Empire Records, Christy. Yeah. Oh, right. You're right. I should know that. I've seen Empire Records. It's a great movie. <laughs> but, yes, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you later. Signing oh off Oh, my God. Right I'm, now. I'm totally going to find that song and tag it at the end of the episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Adios, amigos. Bye. Oh, Rexy, you're so sexy. Hello, baby. Call me on my carpet with a gymnastic choir. You say you need a little of my hula-la. I know you get lonely in your Canada bed. But say no more, baby, I'll be running everywhere. Say no more, come on now, more. It's hard. I'll bring my love in